Welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast that has banned the Academy of Motion Pictures from listening to it for the next 10 years. Here are two guys who have strong Australian man love for each other, Matt and Doug. Really going back to the Oscar well? <laughs> going back to work was, really draining you? I was struggling, man. I was struggling with the open and you needed, it, sound, it seemed like you needed it quick, so I... I had to be Johnny on the spot. No, I it I was I was adding things up until and we'll get in let's let's just get into housekeeping. It's Matt. How are you doing, Doug? I'm good. I'm good. And now it's time for podcast housekeeping. There I don't is, have a whole lot. I don't have a lot, but before we get into the proper housekeeping, I want to put this out for the podcast as a whole today. There is going to be one thing in this podcast that should blow your fucking mind. <laughs> okay, I can't wait. It is, and I think it, it's such a nothing, but it is just unbelievable that it happened. Oh, just all right, absolutely unbelievable that it happened. Okay. So uh, every now and then in the podcast, when I listen back to it, I'll be like, "God damn it, I missed such an obvious joke." And you kept on talking about headlamps. And it's like, as I'm listening back, it's like, God damn it. There's such a, such a cocksucking joke there. I, I just couldn't put it together at the time. And then I never went back to it. So I was very disappointed in myself and let it, leaving that on the table. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, the book of Corinthians. Yeah. New it Testament. New Testament. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Somebody knew that without looking it up and was sure to tell me that as well. <laughs> so... We talked about if you had a booth um, in high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about people on the podcast. Usually, usually, especially me, try to keep names out of it. <laughs> I love throwing names out there. <laughs> but I actually thought about it. And I, and without listening to it, I thought, well, I didn't say anything bad. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm Facebook friends with, with my high school booth. So I sent her a thing. Uh, messenger thing on Facebook and she listened to the podcast that night. <laughs> okay. Uh, no feedback, but it just, uh, it was surprising that she would listen to it and she did disagree. She, she said she didn't remember the chorus concert. She remembered going to see Dorsey Levins play basketball with me. So all right. Memory okay. might've been uh, fooling myself there. Okay. We talked about Terry Weigel the porn star that yes. was in cheerleader camp in 1988. She was a playmate in 1986 and then started porn in 91. Yes. Uh, April, 1986. And do you know what the name of her first porno was? No. Inferno. Okay. Uh, Rod Daniel, not just Daniel <laughs> was the director of teen wolf. Oh, you got that name, right? Yeah. Um, you said the chick from upload was the chick from two broke girls. Yes. Yeah, you were not you were incorrect. Really? Uh yes, the gal that is in Upload is Allegra Edwards. And how would you like to have your first name be after an allergy medication? The girl that is in Two Broke Girls is Beth Bears. Hmm. Uh, they look similar. I can see where the mistake was made. Mm-hmm. Man, fucked up. Uh, sure did. I, I was correct. The the three-point line was added for high schools in 1987. Okay. The score of the first basketball game of the movie last week was 71 to 12. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the first Air Jordans came out in November of 84, becoming available to the public on April 1st, 1985. Uh, care to get hazard a guess as to what the cost was? $89. which is a lot cheaper than I thought they were. I thought those were 100 bucks. Like I said, I had the Farm and Fleet Converse knockoffs. Yeah, the, the second year, they were over 100 Oh, okay. But All right. do you know what $65 from 1985 to today is? No. 174 That's It's a lot of money for a pair of shoes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Why don't you go as the dog is barking? I'm done. Okay. Uh, Search for Spock did come out in 1984. So it was okay. actually before Teen, Teen Wolf. Wolf. All or, right. or at least before Teen Wolf was released because Teen Wolf was actually filmed before Back to the Future, but came out after Back to the Future, blah, 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 blah. The movie yes. did take place in Nebraska. Oh, all right. Uh, you talked about the president from 24. Yeah. I was thinking of Pedro Serrano, the guy who played Pedro Serrano. Oh, Dennis Haysbart. Hay- yes. Yeah. Because okay. he played the president in 24, didn't he? he? In the first couple of seasons, I believe. Okay. And then we also talked about uh, Subway and my affinity for the footlong. Yes. So there was a lawsuit about... Um, a subway footlong sub. Oh, that not they weren't actually. Foot. Yes, and they paid like half a million dollars, and it ended up going all to the lawyers. So the people who who raised the lawsuit saw nothing from it. Of course, they didn't. But it it actually their defense, other than well, things change when you cook them, is that it was a marketing term, not actually a measurement. Mm-hmm. which is how I advertise my dick. I yes. say it's it's five inches, and when it's only three and a half, it's, well, five inches is not like a measurement. It's a marketing term. <laughs> but uh, Subway had to add an addendum to the to like their labeling, the small print, that a foot, foot long might not actually be a foot long. Okay. I didn't end up using all of them because some of them were so incredibly bad. Oh, it just was not worth doing. Uh, Okay. The first one is both of us. Oh, no, no. No, no. (laughs) No, no, no. No, no, no. We need more pledge. I need more lemon pledge. (laughs) It is what it is. It is, yeah. All right, the next one is me. Dut, dut. Dut, dut. And that's one of the ones that made the cut. <laughs> uh, the next one is also me. It's Enrico Palazzo. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> you come off really well as a fat guy there. <laughs> the next one is something we already talked about a little bit, but it is both of us. Set right. a foot long. <laughs> and then some. <laughs> Is that the foot long? And then some. <laughs> You'd love the picture I have for that on the board. Oh, I bet. The next one. Is it big and veiny? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know how they used to measure things like horses are, you know what the measurement for horses is for height? Hands? Yes. 
Yeah. Well, this guy is using his hands to measure, and he, he's short about two hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a baby's arm holding an apple. Yeah. The next one, I actually completely fucked this up because I, I tried to do it in Christopher Lloyd's voice instead of Michael uh-huh. J. Fox's. I've got to tell you about your future. I have to tell you about the future. It's actually not a bad Christopher Lloyd. Unfortunately, just completely wrong from the right. start. Uh, the next one is also me. Can't sleep. I can eat. I can't sleep. I can still eat, but. Yeah, it's Kelso. Uh, yes. The next one is probably one of the best ones I've had in a long time. Quinton is in. Let the fun begin. Quinton is in. Let the fun begin. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I nailed that one pretty, pretty well. Uh, the beauty of my singing voice. I know I didn't have to sing in this episode, but here you still get it. Win in the end. Bye. We're going to win in the end. The next one was yours, and it was it was a miracle that I could actually find it. Okay. But da, 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 da. you lose points for not doing the explosions of I'm, the lights. and I'm I'm sure that's been used in parody movies as well. Probably. Yeah. Okay, the next one is, oh, let's see. I can see what it is. Oh, it is you, and it's the last one. Come on, Betty. I need to go pump some iron. These nerds <laughs> are making me mad. This sucks. I got to get rid of some of this anger. Come on, Betty. Let's go pump some iron. No, Stan. I don't think so. Some of the words were there. <laughs> some of the words were there. You know what? I'm going to give it to you this week. Yay. Victory is mine. Yep. <laughs> You used it. Yes, I I'm did. I'm so happy. <laughs> not going to get a lot of chances to use it, so. No. Hey, man, what's new now? What's fucking new now? Not a lot for me. Okay, well, my week, I'll go first. So, it's Holy Week. We went to church on Palm Sunday, and then there's another service on Monday, which we did not attend. And it's Thursday. Uh, and there's a service called Monday Thursday, which my missus and the boys are going to, and it's something to do with the Last Supper. I've never been to church on a Thursday during Holy Week. Maybe a couple of times on Good Friday when I was forced to as a kid. Uh-huh. But well, I, I told my missus... You would have with Catholic school. Well, not with Monday Thursday, no. We never did anything at Catholic school with that. I'd never even heard of it until we joined this this church here in town. I've never heard but, of it. So my missus, I told my missus and, and I said, you know, please don't tell them I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> Why not? What am I going to tell them? Just don't tell them I'm, I'm doing a he podcast a long day at work. He's tired. because then they're going to be like, what's the name of the podcast? And then as I was driving today, a revelation hit me. It's the anniversary of the Titanic sinking. So I texted my missus and I told her, you know what? Tell them. That he's hanging with his boy because (laughs) 
It's Matt's birthday. He's 50, an old fucker. Yeah. So I'm hanging with my boy on his 50th birthday. That's not today. It's not? <laughs> no, it's tomorrow. <laughs> I thought it was always on the 15th. Oh, that's right. It's not the 15th today. It's the 14th. Yeah. When, well, you, st- when you said happy birthday earlier, I just I let it go. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's starting. To, it started to sink tonight. Yeah. On the 14th. Barely. Barely. Okay. Yes. Well, t- tomorrow you turn 50, you old fucker. Yes. How are your old balls doing? <laughs> they are fine. All right. So, so last week, and this is actually kind of follow up on stuff from last week. So it could have fallen into housekeeping. Uh, my cleaning lady was here today. Mm-hmm. Uh, she picked up the TV, gave me my $10 for the remote. <laughs> so Did she really? No. Did you really charge her the no, $8 did for the remote? No. Did you, did you load it with batteries? Uh, Jen did. Okay. Because I, I said no on the batteries and I got overruled. <laughs> uh, headphones. Talked about yeah. how my headphones had fallen out in into a puddle, or at least uh-huh. one, one of them did. Uh-huh. Waited three days with it in rice, took it out. Works fine. Really? That's happy. How about that? Okay. Uh, my son, my youngest son, my son that lives with us still. Uh, last two things are about him. The uh, first one is Jen says that he's definitely my son just because of the way he tries to con people. Mm-hmm. And that does not exclude us. The other other day, I think it was actually about a week ago, he comes up into our room at about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night and... He, he's learned to knock before, mm-hmm. before coming in because otherwise my eyes, my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, Hey dad, you know how there's that game you've been waiting to come out for like a year and a half. It's coming out tomorrow. And I figured if you're going to get it anyway, you should just have me buy it and then you can play it on my Xbox. Is it the Lego star Wars? Yes. Okay. I got, shh, don't say anything. I got the Easter Bunny is bringing it for the boys. Okay. So he, he got it. And so whenever I buy, I always try to buy the the physical version of it rather than the digital. Yes. I never bought a digital game. It makes me nervous. No, that's all he does. And okay. so the whole thing was I had to give him my credit card so he could pay for it. And Did he get the deluxe version? <laughs> no, he actually asked. Because okay. he said, is it worth it for to get the Mandalorian characters or whatever? But no, he did not. Okay. And then the last thing is about... Oh, actually, there's two things. My... Hear that? What is that? It was... Uh, my nose had like, like a, a friend in it. <laughs> when I breathe, it's going... Yeah, I heard that. Uh, my, my mom. Yeah, my mom's got the Rona. Okay. So yeah, you she, told me that. She's been in isolation... Mm-hmm. For for since I think Saturday, and she had sounded really bad, and we said, "Hey, why don't you just go get a test?" And yeah, sure, shit. And I feel bad because, you know, she's been isolating, and we can't go over there, so we've been trying to call every day. Yeah. But, but the last thing is, my my son's whole prom adventure, if you will. Still don't know what the status is of it. Prom is only like two and a half weeks away at this point, so he's really running out of time. But now he's he's playing out his options because there's oh, a whole group is going together, but, mm-hmm. but some That's... of them aren't from his high school. Oh, so everybody that isn't from the high school has to have an associated person from the high school. So he's going his date as a dude. No, it's it's a group of boys and girls. 
Okay. But then also he did this thing where he got, he, he one night he was all happy. He's like, dad, guess what I did? Like, and I never know if this is going to be a good thing or a bad thing because he would tend to brag about shit he shouldn't be telling me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? He said, well, and he was talking about one of his friends. He said, one of his friends said that he would ask this girl to prom if he got this girl's Snapchat or his her snap, I guess is what he called it. I'm like, okay. He's like, and I got her snap. Okay, great. You helped your buddy get laid. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> It's like, no, I got her snap. I'm like, I thought you were getting it for him. She said, oh, that's not how it works. And he was trying, but so three days later, I said, so have you done anything with this? You, you got this girl's snap. Have you snapped her or whatever? God, I sound fucking old. And he's like, no, no, you got to wait. <laughs> it's like, tick tock, Mr. Wick. You know, yeah. you're running out of time here, buddy. Yeah, no, man. It's girls don't like it when you wait. I don't care. What your buddies tell you, girls, and I tell my my boy this, like when his his girl that he's, you know, really, really, really good friends with, but I think it's more than that, text him, and I'm like, dude, you gotta you gotta text her back. You can't sit on this shit for like eight hours. I I am so, so. thankful we did not have texting when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have gotten me in trouble. Yeah, it, it definitely would have. Sure. And it, you know, because I I did stupid shit without thinking and texting my junk or texting something stupid, or you know, evidence of a party or yes. you drinking yeah. beer or you smoking a bong or you know uh-huh. whatever. It, uh-huh. Nothing good could have come out of that. Yeah, is that all you got? That's all I got. Okay, so my boy had I said that he was in the, the Little Mermaid musical. And he's one of the evil eels, Ursula's eels. I don't know if you've ever seen the Little Mermaid. I know enough about it. Yeah. Okay. And my expectations were really, really low for a middle school musical. Sure. I, it knocked my socks off. It, it, it was amazing how well the production was, um, how, how well – nobody screwed up. Uh, the songs were good. Everybody that sang was really good. And what's amazing is some of these girls – I mean, they're – I think there was like 40 kids in the production and only seven of them were boys because we're just a real big jock grade school. Okay. So I don't want to be in a musical. That's stupid. Um, that's I think that's kind of the mentality. Or, I mean, it takes balls of steel to get up there on stage and perform in front of hundreds of people multiple times. And that's what I tell my boy. You know, one of the reasons why I'm proud of you is you're up there, man. You're doing it. But you see these girls in costumes and makeup and they have the stage performance of, a 25 year old. And then, uh, the Sunday after all the performances were done, we had stage strike and I see these kids, literally kids in dress street clothes. And I'm like, they're just fucking kids. It's crazy yeah, that they can belt out these songs and perform so well. So I'm really proud of the whole cast and, and all the teachers that helped out. It was pretty cool, man. Yeah. Of all the, the, things that we had to go to there was one that was actually pretty good i think it was the mm-hmm. wizard of oz they did a really really good job of it and this was a long time that's one where i got roped into having to do a multi-camera setup and burn dvds for everybody because it's some oh, bitch mom yeah. but yeah yeah my kids high school is actually doing uh the episode of the fresh prince where will's dad doesn't want him so that should be interesting <laughs> why did he love me man <laughs> okay continue that's it. That's but all I got. I did actually have one other thing. I'm sorry. I totally forgot. It. And I had 
in my notes, I didn't write it down enough. I just gave myself like a, a, a clue word. So the whole prom thing, that's not what I wanted to talk about. It's kind of the tail end of that. They are looking for a place to go after prom is over. And they're going to go to this house or they're going to go to this house. But if those two houses fall through, our son wanted to know if they could come here. Mm-hmm. And said, okay, are you going to be drinking? And if you are, the answer is a hard no. Yeah. And if, if you're not drinking, I still don't want you here. <laughs> but if you don't have no place else to go, you can come here. But not if there's any drinking. There's It's just too big of a liability for us. Sure. Sure it is. And And I understand that that makes me an uncool parent. I get that. And I will gladly take on <laughs> that that title. But it is just too big of a fucking risk. I remember my junior prom, um, the dude, I'm trying to think how you would know him. Um, He's kind of a skater guy, but hung out with the jocks, tall, real good looking. Um, His dad's name was Harry. That helps. No. And his sister's name is the name of your dog. Um, But his dad threw a party. His dad threw a drinking party after prom and it was kind of like, I'm taking your keys. If you come to this party and I showed up and I'm like, he's like, give me your keys. I'm like, dude, I'm not drinking. I'm going home tonight. I, my dad gave me a hard curfew and he's like, okay, fine. And I'm like, how many other people got away with that and went and drank out of sight and then drove home? Yeah. You know, but I mean, I think of all the drinking parties that I had or drinking parties that I went to where there was no parental supervision. And if anybody had gotten into an accident or killed somebody still, I mean, the, the, liability factor was gigantic but i don't think that ever happened no and and honestly i don't know if it would completely change it but knowing about it and being okay with it it increases the the liability i think mm-hmm. i mean you, you're you're still liable and there's yeah. still amount a certain amount of culpability there but i think it's lessened but I mean, if you are the the parent that provides a keg, that's a whole nother kettle of fish. Right. Kettle of fish, huh? Yep. Okay. Ready for him? Mm-hmm. Matt and Doug are at it again. Guess that sound and you are awesome. What movie will it be from? I really want to know. You should probably get this. In the back of my mind... I'm worried that we already did this clip, but I went through our list and I'm like, I couldn't find it anywhere, but still I'm, I'm just, I'm still a tad concerned. So, so there, there's this thing that I, I sent Doug uh, a couple of weeks ago and this goes into something that Joey brought up and I'm trying to check myself about being too demanding of things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you, sometimes you can't read tone. I'm not trying to be, you know, an asshole. Or anything about it, but sometimes it can come across that way or over demanding or expecting whatever. But Doug sends me clips and there are, you know, clips for a given show are whatever. I mean, looking at the list of clips for him, it is, see, ask Frank why he doesn't want to join, meet old guy and talk to him about war, stuff like that. (laughs) Pretty straightforward. But then there are things like uh, bed, open, sound of the week, name that porn star. (laughs) 
they have the same fucking name every week. That's, that's right. You asked. You had made it. You had put a request in that I attach the movie name to those. And did I this week? No, you did not. I forgot. I'm sorry. Old habits die hard. That's why I'm married to who I'm married to. Because I downloaded it, and then I see it in the download, and it has like open and it's got a one in a parenthesis <laughs> after it because there's another one that exists in that folder called that already so Sorry. this is the wrong one it's your fault that's what i'm trying okay. to say i know it god damn it I know it, I, and you, you know why I know it is the music. Uh huh. It's from a movie that. It's a, Go ahead. It's from a movie that you've pulled a sound clip from already. Oh, fuck. I'm going to be so pissed. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Listen to it. Hey, Dad, you must have jumped this thing about 50 yards. Ah, it's a proud of Rusty. 50 yards. <laughs> yep. What what sound clip did I pull? Oh, it wasn't the... It was like the video game that they were playing. Oh, okay, that's right. That's where you were bitching because I, I cut it up to take yes. the dialogue out. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I had to stop doing that. All yeah? right. So okay. are we ready to get into the movie? Yes. Don't. Okay, so I've been humming this song for the last week and a half throughout the house. And my missus is like, she's like, you just, that song again, you just can't get it out of your head. And I said, well, it's, I'm trying to put lyrics to it. I'm trying to get it to work. And it's just a song that's in my head. And I said, Matt does it too. And she looks at me and she goes, I don't live with Matt. <laughs> Not yet. No. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to do my best with this. Um, I, I can't guarantee anything, but, let her rip. It's half past the hour, 65 and sunny at WBM, our podcast that rocks. I'm downstairs, Doug, and I'll be spinning vinyl for you the rest of the afternoon. Come on down to Joey's Crab Shack on Main Street this Saturday from 11 to 3 and help support canine venereal disease research. He's got crabs and RC Cola all for a buck. All proceeds go to this great cause. Here's the Betamax Bertram 4 with a Mel Gibson classic, Gallipoli. Didn't quite hit the post, did I? Nope. Their lyrics. We're almost there.
by train And we cross the desert Just so we can find the hunt Come on, come on, come on Come on, come on, come on Come on, come on, come on Gallipoli That's right, ladies and gentlemen, this week we're doing <clears throat> Gallipoli, released <laughs> August 28th, 1981, had a $2.6 million budget, grossing $5.7 million worldwide, had a 91% critics Rotten Tomato score and an 83% audience Rotten Tomato score. It was directed by Peter Ware, best known for Master and Commander and Witness, starring Mel Gibson, best known for saying Sugar Tits, Mark Lee, best known for Sex is a Four-Letter Word, and Bill Kerr, best known for The Year of the Living Dangerously, plus a bunch of Australian dudes that you've never heard of or seen wait, before. Wait, wait, wait. And what, what movie was that? The Year of Living Dangerously? Okay. Why? What do you think I said? The Year of the Living Dangerously? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Shut up. The Year of the Living Dead, Yes. <laughs> This was the most expensive Australian film produced at the time. Based on the nearly one-year operation intended to go soften up the Ottoman Empire, uh, do you know who the brainchild of this operation was? No idea. Winston Churchill. Really? And From it's amazing. WWE? He was a vice admiral or lord of the admiralty uh, for for England. And, um, yeah, it, it killed his reputation and it was kind of a shock that he became prime minister because of this incident um you'd never even probably heard of this no movie. i'd heard of it you'd heard of it yeah never i'd never seen, seen it. it no okay i saw it it was one of those you know where this came out in 81 so probably 82 i was nine eight or nine and watched it probably two or three times at my mom's house over the course of a weekend on hbo um, and it was one of those movies that kind of guts you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but now it's time for. Welcome back. You've been on this show before. Welcome back. How many times does this make it? I have a big number one here. Yeah, you would be correct. Mel Gibson, second time, uh, mm -hmm. Lethal Weapon 2, and then uh, Road Warrior. Right, and I was kind of surprised that there was nobody else from the Road Warrior in this. There was a dude that's the sergeant who gives him the VD talk. He was in... Mad Max, but not the Road Warrior. And there was one of them that was in, I think, Beyond Thunderdome. And it, if you look at the IMDb pages for these different actors, there's a lot of crossover, but mm -hmm. they're almost all in Australian films. Right. Well, they're all Australian actors. Yeah. So. yeah sure. Uh, do we even need to do boobs? <laughs> no, you could do junk. <laughs> <laughs> How many other films do we see Mel Gibson's cock in? <laughs> was it? I don't think that was his. Uh, it might not have been. You know, he he is. You know, you see his ass. We, and we then, see his ass, and you see randoms, random dicks in the in the water. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if his necessarily was his. <laughs> right. 
But as you said, I had never seen this before. Right. Okay. And for for the second week in a row, I was a little bit thrown by the credits. Mm-hmm. And specifically, the font choice for the credits seemed very, very weird. Like we were going to be watching a movie about like Nazi soldiers fighting in Russia or something. Yeah, it seemed something like that, or or like a Hammer Horror. Or, I don't know if you're familiar with Hammer Horror. No, that's a uh, Peter Cushing. Oh, okay. Uh, all, all those right. guys that did all, right. all the low budget British horror films. But I'm gonna really, really try hard not to take over this week. So please continue. <laughs> okay. Um, when are you going to talk about the thing that's mind blowing? Uh, when it comes up. Oh, it, it it comes up naturally in the film. It does. Yes, it does. Okay. All right. So the movie starts. The soundtrack is very haunting. Um, the soundtrack in this movie jumps all over the place. I wouldn't. It, haunting wouldn't be the word I'd use for a well, lot of it. No, but the the the, the opening sound. Yeah, it's very orchestral. That's what I have. Yes, but I mean, it jumps around to like video game music and just some weird choices uh, of music in this film. But there's an older dude. Wait, before telling, it even gets to your first clip, because you think that your first clip is the first thing, right? Okay, yes. It's not. All right. Because I have something before your first clip. Okay. I have my own clip before the first clip. So this is <laughs> the very, very beginning of the film. Deeper. Come on, deeper, deeper. Come on, deeper. Come on, deeper, deeper. Here, boy, here. And now it's it's time for Name That Porn Star. Did you go into the Did you go into the future and get a sound clip from yourself in the bedroom? <laughs> that goes on for like forty five seconds. And it does just, not go on for forty. But he does the hup to hup to hup to hup to. Where he's you know doing the how, the high how, how long is the deeper clip here? The deeper clip is. Deeper. Oh yeah, it's forty five seconds. Mm. <laughs> because he eventually, is, okay, breathe. That's yeah. good. In and out. In and out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Did you have any right did you have any concept other than this is a World War One war movie? I would not have known th- it was a World War One film except for the fact that you said that. And if I looked at the the movie posters for it, I still would have not gotten what this movie is. Even knowing that it's a World War One film, I still did not get what this film is. Okay. And honestly, I still don't think I get what this film is. Really? All right. Okay. But he goes from, from that deeper clip right to this clip. What are your legs? Springs. Steel springs. What are they going to do? Hold me down the track. How fast can you run? As fast as a leopard. How fast are you going to run? As fast as a leopard. Then let's see you do it. And he gets down into a, you know, a runner's ready position. And his, that's, this is his uncle. Goes down. This this cat runs a hundred yard dash, or would it be a hundred meter dash? I don't know, but he does it in nine and five eighths. Yeah, but okay. What does his uncle blow to to make him start? Uh, a whistle. Oh, I thought it was an aborigine. Okay, no, <laughs> you're horrible. But did you see the running shoes he had? Oh, they're horrible. Yes, I mean they're like leather socks with some spikes on them. Yeah, they look like uh. I don't want to say, I want to say dock siders, but what, what do you call those 
low, really low top, like leather things that had the. They look like a pair of shoes that my missus would wear. Okay. With spikes in them. Yes. That's, that's pretty much it. Were there, I don't even think there's laces on them. Maybe. But those spikes were serious business. Those yeah. are good size spikes. Yeah. Well, they're running in, you know, they're in the outback. There's, it's just dirt and why anybody would choose to live there is beyond me because that looks like a horrible place to live. A little desolate, a little desolate. Yeah. 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 But we find out, uh, that we are in Western Australia, May of 1915. So, uh, war in Europe broke out in September of 1914, I do believe sometime in 1914 and his uncle blows the whistle. Um, which we'll hear at the end in the sound clip at, at the end of this film, and he runs, and he gets a good time. Yeah, it's 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 um under ten seconds. Yes, and we immediately cut to uh, some guys that are cow. They're basically cowboys. Then they're doing a cattle drive or of something. Yeah, they're herding some cattle. Yeah. So immediately, Matt's happy. Yep. Doggies is in my note. Yep. Yes. And there's some guy who's rolling his own heater. Right. And his name is Les. And they need Les to open up the gate. Close the gate. And he close the gate? Yes. And no, I have opened the gate. I watched this movie twice, so I'm pretty sure it was open the gate. Because the they're gate. trying to get they're trying to get the cows into the pen. Open the blast doors. Open the blast doors. <laughs> so he it's needs close. to open the gate. And he's just being a cocksucker. And he's like, nah, nah. And they're like, come on, man, do it. So then he, instead of doing what he needs to do, he splits the herd and makes more work for these guys. But then Archie, who's part of this crew, he's washing up in a trough yep. with an Aborigine guy who turns out to be his buddy. And his buddy comes and messes with him. And then Les comes over to talk to him. Yeah, a little bit of a racist. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> the company of blacks, I Sex my mate. We run together. You fancy yourself as a runner, eh? It's more than a runner. It's top bloody athlete. Girls run. Men box. Play off less. He can run faster than you can ride. <laughs> Effect. So they have they contrive a race, and I don't know if this is his uncle's ranch or if it's his dad's ranch, or I, if his uncle and his dad run the ranch together. I'd say it's his his dad's because they're going to run to the, the the front gate, which is where he lives. He's going to run, and Les is going to ride horse on the trail, but Archie can run cross country, and Les comes up and he's like, "No, you got to go barefoot," and um, Archie says to Les, okay, well, then you got to go the way that Matt likes it. Bareback. You got to go bareback. <laughs> Stole my joke. Sorry. <laughs> it was such an easy one. Come on. Yeah. And the race starts and the music is really lame. But did, did you see, and I know that this is just natural. It's not something they intended for it to be, but there are flies all over everybody in this yes. scene yeah well, and that happens also when they're in turkey there's flies everywhere as well yeah and actually just so you know in my notes it says guy has to ride bareback the only way i ride <laughs> <laughs> but uh archie's buddies they're all betting 
on the race. Yeah. And yeah. And they're they're all betting against Archie. But I'm thinking he is he's in training of some sort, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Running any amount of distance, especially a long distance, and this is not a short run. No. And and he's also a sprinter, and sprinting is a very different type of running than distance running. And it's probably like 157 degrees outside. But his feet are just going to get fucked up. Yes, and we see that, that that happens. But last, the dude who's on the horse, he's laughing the entire time as he and Archie are crossing paths. And Archie makes it to the gate, and his uncle is standing there. And then we see Les's horse, without Les, yeah. <laughs> coming in. And... um his buddy Zach is laughing that Les fell off because he was riding bareback. His uncle sees it. His uncle, and so now we're inside, and his uncle is fucking pissed, and he's wrapping up his feet, and he's like, "You could be the greatest there ever was, or is, and you go and pull this stunt three days before the big race." And there's kids in the room. I don't know if those are his brothers and sisters or his cousins, but Archie shoes them out of there, and. He Archie talks about some other guy who has joined the army to go fight in the war. Peter Trevelyan joined up last week. No, no more of that. You're underage. You ran away from home when you were younger than me. Not to a war. Been all around the world by the time you were eighteen. Barbary Coast, Spice Islands. I made most of those stories up. No, you didn't. Dad said you nearly got yourself killed half a dozen times. I judged the risks and took my chances. War was different. How's it different? It's just different. So, so a couple of things here. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at the start of the race, his buddy, um, Lee, no, Les, Les, I'm sorry. That's not his buddy. Who, who, who's the Aborigine guy? Zach. Zach, sorry. He was rubbing something on his feet. Do you know what that was? It was like some <sighs> he, kind of shrubbery. It was some kind of shrubbery or something. Yeah, I don't know. And then you see the the house that they live in, and I'm thinking, do you think they have air conditioning? Probably. <laughs> they probably don't even have power. 1915? No, probably in not. In the middle of the, in the outback of Australia? No. Yeah, that just miserable. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the uncle wants no part of it and says that the mother and dad wouldn't allow it, but Archie thinks that the uncle would be the one person that would actually back him on his quest to join the army. Right. Archie is 18. You could join the army at 18 if you got permission from your parents. Otherwise, you had to be 21. So that's kind of why he's I thought it came, comes up that he's 17. Uh, no, he's 18. Okay, because uh, because it, the fact that he's underage and somebody knows his age does get mentioned later. Yes, but no, yeah, it's it's you had to be 21. Otherwise, like I said, you, you needed parental permission. But now we're at dinner with his parents, and, and this is like the only time that we see his parents. Right. Um, and Uncle Jack is there, and his dad is pissed at the timing of this race. And this is where it makes me think, okay, yeah, the dad owns the ranch because he needs Archie's help for harvest or... So when he uh, needs him the most, it'll only be one more season, and then Archie yes. can go out running, yeah. Yeah, he can go to Tashi, but he wants to go to Tashi Station, get some power converters. <laughs> exactly. Further, not, not electric house. <laughs> yes. I wonder if they got moisture evaporators there. <laughs> they could use them. <laughs> they sure could. 
But then that night, what's Uncle Jack reading? The Jungle Book. The Jungle Book. Don't you have something in here about I'm a homosexual? No, 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 no. But the the uncle is reading from the Jungle Book, and there's a little dog there. And then uh-huh. he ends the reading with something from Doug's diary. <laughs> I will go to men. <laughs> yeah, see? All right, I do it. On, kids, there's mom. Don't get uncle into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> uncle shooing kids away. Yeah, but it's the passage the passage that he reads is about Mowgli's passage to manhood. And right. that's the boy in, in the jungle book. Yes. But then Jack is he's out he comes outside and he sees Archie and they're kind of watching the sunset and they're talking about something, but we can't hear what they're talking about. And as they're showing this, is I'm just thinking, and it says in my notes, this looks so desolate. This looks yeah. awful. Yeah. This I mean, there's a reason Australia, you know, started as a prison. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's why all the big cities in Australia are on the coast and there's really nothing in the middle. But Archie opens a book and what's inside the book? A newspaper clipping. And what's on the newspaper? It's clipping. a map. Of? Gallipoli. That's right. So Turkey. So the, the Ottoman Empire, which is now known as Turkey, um... They were in bed with Germans and the Austrians. And no, that's right. Austria was on our side during World War I. They were in bed with the Germans. Yeah, because and... the Germans, the Ottomans, and the Lazy Boy were all together. Yes. Sorry, I had to figure <laughs> out a way to work in an Ottoman joke. Yes, in the Chase Lounge. Yes. Um, uh, and the, the whole reason for invading... Turkey was the, to capture the capital of Constant, Constant. Help me out here, man. Constantinople. Is that how it is? Are you sure? Constantinople. Yep. I think that's it. And take Turkey out of the war. And they were using Australians and New Zealanders and British, um, but they were pretty much all under British British control. Right. Um, and then we cut to. In my notes, it says four hobos by the train track. <laughs> okay. Reading the same newspaper. Right. And it's Frank, Snowy. Th- oh. Those are the two I had. Billy, I think, is one guy. Um, I have a feeling that I will find their names somewhere. I think else. it comes up later, like yeah. after the first raid, that I have right. some of their names. Yeah. Uh, and one of them is Mel Gibson. Right. And um, they're talking about, I, I don't know if they're unemployed or or what their job is. They can't is. be unemployed because when they run off and I know, hop on but, the train, the, the dude seems like he's their foreman. Yeah, but it's still, it's, it, it, I was still confused by what these guys were and what their job was or lack of job or if they just sat there all day and waited for a train. I'm, I'm not sure. They're, they're I, I wasn't. desert broomers. <laughs> they desert sweep the broomers. desert. Yeah. They, yes. We ain't but they're all, shit. <laughs> damn it. I was going to put that clip in and I'm like, Matt's going to say that's racist. <laughs> As they're combing the desert. Yes. Um, but they're talking about joining up. Those guys walled out of a uniform. Yeah. Because in your case, I don't think anything would help, but you might as well give it a go. <laughs> hey, we could all join up together. Can't mean. Come on, Frank, you got to be in it. 
No, thanks. If you blokes all want to go and get yourself shot, go ahead. Well, I'm not scared to die for my country, Frank. Well, good for you, Snow. You go and sign yourself on. Well, you must admit, mate, nothing could be worse than this here. Mm, can't argue with that. You going to join them? No. But I'm not going to stay here either. So, you're right. It, I, I didn't even try to think. I just figured that they worked there. They were the equivalent of migrant workers, almost. Something. But, but yeah. what could they be farming? I mean, are they sifting? Well, I don't think they're... I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not... Because the foreman comes out. It's the next morning, and he comes out, and he's looking for him, and he's got a flag in his hand, I think. He's got yeah. something in his hand. Isn't it... But is he flagging the train? I I don't I don't know, man. I don't know if they've got like you know grease guns and the train stops and they grease up all the zerks, um, on the train that that's their job. It's a grease. I I don't know. I don't know. But the train comes by and he's like, "Where are you, blokes?" And they all come out of their tents with their bag and they all run after the train and he's running for it. Um. And they catch the train. And then we cut back to Archie, and he's going to the race. Yeah, I thought they were on the same train. I thought Archie and his uncle were on that train. Okay. It's like, nope, they're still at home. Yeah. Uh, but he's going to the race with Jack, and he he embraces his mom tight. And she's like, oh, love, you'll only be gone for two days. Um, but but there's, now we're a, there's an important thing you're missing here. Okay. Uh, there is a picture of a runner. Oh, yes. On LaSalle. the wall. Eric LaSalle or Archie LaSalle? Eric LaSalle. Uh, no, Eric, Eric LaSalle is the guy from ER. <laughs> this guy's last name, though, is LaSalle. <laughs> yes, Eric LaSalle is the guy. He also was the heir to the uh, Soul Glow fortune. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He was. Because let your soul glow. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, okay, you know, runners. If you had to name runners, how many runners could you name off the top of your head? Um, uh, two. So Jesse Owens. Oh, I didn't even think of Jesse Owens. I was thinking of Carl Weathers. I mean, no, not Carl Weathers. <laughs> Carl Lewis. Not Carl the Truth Williams either. So. <laughs> and uh, Usain Bolt. Okay, I would say I wouldn't. Or, or uh, what about the guy who killed his girlfriend? Oh, the... Uh, the Blade Runner? The Blade Runner. What the fuck was his name? I don't know what his name was. He's South African. Know, he is South African. Who's the guy that was like a big-time distance runner? There's like two movies made about this guy at the same Prefontaine. time. Prefontaine. Yes. And he died of like a heart attack of like th- at 38. Uh, but I'm just thinking, having a picture of a runner is kind of weird. Well, you've got a picture of Ron Jeremy in your basement. <laughs> We all have different idols, Matt. <laughs> okay. But yeah, he hugs his mom goodbye and he, his uncle and him ride off in a buggy. Uh-huh. And his buddy, Zach, is... A horse-drawn horse drawn buggy, right? Yeah. yeah. So what do you call... If you go grocery shopping and... It's in the South, it's a buggy. Yeah. That's fucked up. I know it is. I almost didn't marry my wife because of that. <laughs> we were all shopping and she said, can you go get a buggy? What the what? fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty common of people that move down South. And marry somebody from the South. That's like one of the first things that fucks with them. Because I worked with a guy and he told me the same exact story. And the only thing that made me think of it is I got this bubbler thread sent my way of like there's only two or three states that call bubblers bubblers. 
Yeah. And it's like Rhode Island in Wisconsin, which is weird. That is a little weird. But anyway, Zach was running along with them as they're leaving. Mm-hmm. But then probably, it's probably at least a day away. I mean, from where they are, everything probably is at least a day's travel, right? Yeah, because when they get to where they are, everything's green. So, so they're in a trees, different country? Grass. No, I think they're just closer to the coast. Um, but Frank is there. And I, we should say that Mel Gibson's character's name is Frank. Frank. And he's sitting in a car. Just like random car. <laughs> just random. He's just, and the guy's like, hey, man, get the fuck out of my car. Oh, sorry. I was just looking at it. And he's having um, a heater in it. Yeah. It's real good if you're a racer, if you're a runner, right? Hey, but never hurt me. <laughs> he goes to the tent, like the the event tent, and he wants to enter the race. And they're like, sorry, it's, you know, you should have entered like three weeks ago. Um, but he says he's a racer and he wants to race and he wants to bet on himself. And uh, are you sure you about, about that? Because they warn him about Archie. Do you know how the money works there? No, not at all, because later on he talks about getting a bill from a bike shop, and it's some really fucked up. Yeah, I, I didn't understand. And then it also seems like it's a mixture of, because the prize money is 10 guineas in a medal, uh-huh. and he wants to bet 20 quid. Mm-hmm. And and then there's these weird fractions that come up weird. It's like yeah. seven and six or some right. weird thing. But uh-huh. As all this is happening, there's all this background stuff going on. There's other races going on. And wow, they must have been really hard up for entertainment if this passed for like, you know, something that, oh, we got to go to the races. This is going to be We got to go to the cool. race. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's like going to the fair. There's no TV, no radio or anything like that. But Uncle's there and uh, Uncle, it's from Enemy Mine, he goes through, let's make more work. Let's make more work for you. <laughs> But he's going through the the pre-race ritual with Archie. Um, and everybody else gets down into the runner position. Wait, wait, How wait, wait, Frank- wait. You have to remember, Archie fucked up his feet. Yeah. And he's taping up his feet, and they're still all bloody and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the uncle actually gives him an option that... I, I don't appear to have a clip for. Oh, yeah, he says, he, he's just like, you can drop out. Even LaSalle, even Eric LaSalle from ER um, dropped out of races. You can still pull out, lad. <laughs> Sorry. Nice. Yeah, but, but the announcer announces Archie is running and the crowd goes wild. And he does the same. He, he's He's pumping himself up. Before mm-hmm. the race, he's he's doing kind of that mantra he did before with his uncle about my legs are springs. I'm as fast as a leopard. And did you ever have anything like that that you did before sporting events? Uh, no. Yeah, when I used to when when I was in high school, before I'd have like I was a high jumper. That was my big sport, my sport I was good at. And the first couple of heights. I just didn't worry. I just kind of like, okay, put my heater out, go up, and then just jump over. It's not a big deal. But as it got up higher, I had to kind of like get myself psyched up. Mm-hmm. And I would just work myself up into a, like an absolute frenzy about this one teacher that I hated. And I tried to channel that hate into energy to jump. Okay. All right. Did it work? Yeah. I mean, I cleared 6'4". It's not bad. All right. 
No, that's not bad. It was good enough to get me on the state honor roll. Not good enough to get me to state because much like Archie ran in bare feet right before a race, I twisted my ankle playing basketball right before sectional finals. Oh, whoops. Yeah. Yeah. My oh, well. The coach was so pissed at me. Yeah, I bet. I bet. But Frank is there racing with against Archie, and Frank starts standing up. He doesn't get down into a runner position. And they race... And I think Frank would have won had he not looked over at Archie. Yeah. I mean, don't they tell you that when you're in a race? Just focus on your lane. Don't look over because it's going to fuck with your head. Yeah, probably. Your, with your pace. But uh, Archie wins. Hooray. And then the army recruiter shows up. Yeah, he's, he's having a Fosters to celebrate. Yeah. But yeah. there's this military drumbeat. And what is it that the army has brought in as kind of a recruiting tool? A Trojan horse? I, I, I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's, you know, Austri- Aussies are, they got weird shit going on, man. There's, you know, they probably say the same thing about us. Yeah, sometimes it works have, out for you, though. We, yeah, we all have different cultures. Um, all people are different people, man. Uh, but um, Archie meets Frank, sees Frank, and um, Frank says to him, you know, Bit of bad luck. Let's just forget it. And then Archie goes to his uncle and tells his uncle that he's not coming home. And no, his uncle no, Archie, kind of, no, Archie says that to Frank. Frank doesn't say that to Archie. No, he tell. Oh, Archie says it's a bit of bad luck. Yeah. And, and Frank, Frank basically says, says, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I just lost all of my money because of you. Then he goes to his uncle. Archie does and tells him that he's not coming home. And Uncle his knew. uncle kind of yeah. knew. He he knew. He knew because he's like, Yeah, you have a eat a lot of shit packed for a two day trip. And he's like, Yeah, it's mostly books. But um his but, uncle says, Well, you you're not You're right, right though, because here in my notes it says you need to be twenty one to join. So Yes. Yeah. He says, You're not twenty one. And he's like, They won't ask questions when they see me ride because he wants to he wants to join the light horse. Um, and that's kind of a big deal because, well, it's a little bit more prestige. The uniform has a a feather coming out of the out of the hat. And what does his uncle give him? Gives him a watch, his pocket watch. He says it's been through lots of scrapes together. I hell, this uncomfortable. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, just continue. But he's in line with dozens of other men who are signing up. And the recruiter asks if he's 21. He's like, yeah. He's like, well, do you have your birth certificate? He's like, I didn't know I needed my birth certificate. And then Les, the guy that he raced earlier in the film, totally buddy fucks him. And that guy comes up later, too. Yes, he does. Um, and then but, Ar- Archie uh, kind of pitches a fit. Yeah. Does he get on a horse and kind of show what he can do? Yes. Yeah. And they're like, sorry, son. You know, you can't join. So then we see Frank, and Frank comes into a little diner, and there's Archie eating, sort of eating. No, you're missing a big thing here. Am I? Yeah, it's the next day. Archie, or excuse me, Frank is trying to sneak out of the hotel without paying. Oh, okay. And he gets caught, that, and that's important because then he's in the diner, and he's not eating in the diner. But there's yeah. a bunch of guys that are on the porch, and they're talking about war, and Archie is in the cafe and Frank sees him and goes in and joins him. And then Frank apologizes to Archie about being a dick to him yesterday. Mm-hmm. 
And then yes. this is when the waitress gives Frank a hard time because he doesn't want any food. Right. Because he has no money. Because he, right. he's bet it all on himself. <laughs> yeah. But that, you know, Archie's really not eating. He's disappointed because he can't do, he can't join the army and he, well, he doesn't have a way home either. Um, and Frank says, you going to finish that? Archie's like, no. And he passes it over to Frank and Frank gobbles it down. Um, Did you ever have any friends that were like that whenever you were out to eat? They would never eat, but they'd just wait until you're getting close. You going to finish that? You going to finish that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. A guy that we both hung out with. Yeah. He was famous for that. And also when you're getting down towards the end of a heater and you're about, yeah. to, you're about to flick it out, he's like, no, 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 no. There's like three drags left on that. Right. Yes. But um, Frank informs him that, hey, you can tr- you're going to try again. And well, it doesn't inform him. He asks, are you going to try again? And he says, I can't. They know I'm underage. And he goes, well, not here. Um, In yeah, you can't join here, but you can go to Perth. Yeah. So they uh, that night they hop a train and they get into um, the the what do you call it freight car? Sure. All right. And they have a conversation, and this I think this is where they really bond. Okay. But do, I, I'm assuming you've and never jumped is, a train, but, right? No, no. But this clip shows this is where they really bond. What? <laughs> what <laughs> the, clip, the, the clip that I told, told you about today. Oh, okay. Sorry. Let's play a game. All right. Mm-hmm. On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One. Two, three. Velociraptor. Favorite non-pornographic magazine to masturbate to. Good, Good housekeeping. Should be Red Book. <laughs> if you were a chick, who's the one guy you would sleep with? John, John Samos. Samos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. <laughs> so, this keeps on going. Yeah. So funny story. Okay. I was, I was very busy today. Um, I had a lot of meetings and I had a lot of shit going on. And so I was basically, I was getting texts from Doug today and just one or two or three, three, but they're, they all came right at the same time. But he sent, Oh, I had an epiphany. <laughs> uh, uh, we just became best friends from stepbrothers and I just let it go. And then I was on a break. I pulled the clip and then, okay, I'll throw it on the board somewhere. About an hour and a half later, I get an email with him from for with the clip attached to it. <laughs> so I, I feel like I actually made you do some additional work. Yes, you did. I don't feel bad about it, but no, that extra thirty seconds of extra work that was a that was a real killer. Well, it was. I didn't. I only worked this morning because it was fifty mile gusts of wind. You ever try spraying for bugs when there's fifty mile an hour gusts of wind? No, that doesn't work out very well. So. I shut her down at 11 o'clock and I came home and I just schedule, did scheduling. And then I took the dog for a walk and on our going out for a walk, the wind was in my face. And then coming back, the wind was so strong. It was almost knocking me down that it was that fucking windy. So they wake up. Uh, the train has stopped. Uh, I'm, I'm, done, I'm are, not done with the train discussion. <laughs> oh, you're not. Okay. So, and this actually goes back to a thing we just talked about. I, I never did that. I never hopped a train. Oh, God, it's horribly dangerous. Yeah. But I, I just think about, you know, obviously different 
eras as far as time. It's it's different doing it in 1915, 1930, 1940, 1960 versus, you know, 2020. But the va- the value of life back then was far less than what it is now. But I I never did that. I never just kind of did whatever. I was never that free spirit that had, you know, no ties and could just go wherever, do whatever. The closest I ever did to that was when we went to Europe for two weeks where we did whatever the fuck we wanted for two weeks. But, I mean, we have a friend who, for a long time, that's kind of what they did. They they went with the wind. They Mm -hmm. went here, they went there, they did whatever. And I I couldn't do it. I, I just, I know I couldn't do that, but... I, I appreciate that the people that can, and I also appreciate that there would be some things that would be very, very cool about it. Yeah, but I also think about like, okay, what does your future hold? What what happens when you're 55 or 60 and you can't go whitewater raft guiding in Colorado anymore? And, and, you know. Yeah, but I, look I at look just, at Jim Fix. Wait, no, Jim Fix is the one that lived to 83. Um, I don't know who I don't know who that is. That's the runner. This is the one okay. going back a couple of weeks. The because there's the two guys and the one that you mentioned lived to be like almost a hundred. <laughs> okay, no, but you can live your life your 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 best, most productive, whatever life. And there, there's nothing to say that I'm not going to die tomorrow. You're not going to die tomorrow right. of whatever. And I, I don't feel that I have missed out on things because I've done a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I've kept myself in, you know, certain, certain corridors, if you will. I, I've, I've had guardrails as far as how far left or right or up or down I allow myself to go. But I've done a lot within that. But if, if something happens, I'm going out to get the mail tomorrow and the mailman's having a bad day and they fucking run me over and I'm dead. Do I, did I miss out because I never just, threw caution to the wind and did whatever the fuck for however long. Probably not, but it's an experience that I think that it has a value to it. Sure. And like I said, sorry, I, I respect people that have the ability to do that, but you're right. If if you do end up being someone that lives to be 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, what are you doing when you're 50, 60, 70 years old? I mean, I'm turning 50 tomorrow and that's when you know the the clock starts. The retirement clock starts tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I have a a firm retirement date set out. Okay, what and age? Sixty. All right. And you I know, bet that ten years. I bet that ten years goes by real fast. <sighs> I don't know. Especially, I don't know. Especially now, you don't. You, you're not going to have kids in the house. I don't know because I think. Jen is going to retire before me. Mm-hmm. No, because she's a lot older than I am. She's like, like what, 11 years older than you are? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Thanks, I will not get laid now. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but she she plans, we want to get our kids, she wants to get our kids out of college, mm-hmm. which that is, best case scenario, six, seven years at this point. Fuck man, I got like thirteen years before my kid gets out of college. My- yeah, but you're you're you have a different base you're starting from than we do. Yeah, but I think about it. Well, I would 
I, I know people that are so concerned or people that have retired and they're so bored in their retirement. I absolutely will not be bored in my retirement. I have so no. much shit that I could do that I just don't have the time to do now. Okay. So, but once she's retired, then the, the thing is, oh, I want to go here. I want to go there. I want to do this. I want to do that. And it's like, oh, fuck. Because I'm not a big traveler. No. Because there, there's a difference. When you travel with your missus, do you have an agenda, an itinerary, a, oh. a laid out plan? Mm, kind of. Um, like when we went to Europe, we had no plan. Mm-hmm. Zero. Uh, the only plan that we had was we're renting a car and we have to be back at this airport in two weeks. Right. Exactly. That was it. And and I could do that. I have no problem with that. Yeah. She couldn't do that. No, Jen could um, never do that. When we went to Charleston, you know, we had to have a place to stay. We had to kind of have a set of things of what we were doing. Um, but I was like, let's just play it by ear. The weather may change. Let's just watch the weather and do this on this day when it's nice and do this on this day when it's raining. And we'll go from there. And she was okay with it. She She muscled through it. No, but when we went to Florida last year, we had, like, everybody had a day. And I think we were there for six days. So we had two days that were kind of float. Mm-hmm. And everybody got to pick their one thing they wanted to do. And then one of the spare days got taken up because we couldn't get into Disney. And then we could. And Jen didn't want to go, and the younger kid didn't want to go, so the older and I won't. And I went, but that is as flexible as Jen gets as far as vacation is concerned. She wants to know on this date, we're doing this, you know, she wants it all buttoned down. She wants it all planned out. She doesn't have the ability to just go out and live. Right. That's, yeah, that's my missus is kind of in the same boat, but we balance each other out. I'm more of a free spirit and she's more of a, you know, stick up her butt. And yeah. She admits that freely that she's got to stick up her butt. Yeah, but but I think if you're the free spirit in the relationship, that means the other one is really wound tight. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you're not the most free spirited guy, Doug. No, it's, I'm a free spirit, but I, I like things the way I like them. And um, with certain things like the canoe weekend, there's got to be a plan. There's got to be somebody kicking you guys in the ass going, hey, come, come on. If I did, let me put it to you this way. Uh, on, on the morning of uh, that we're going canoeing, if I just sat back in the chair and just smoked heaters and drank my coffee, we would we would never make the river. I disagree. Uh, I, I think I we know. wouldn't have the sandwiches. Um, we would be there probably would be, late getting down there. There would be no breakfast. Yeah, there would be no breakfast. There, there would be there would be issues, but I yeah. wouldn't say we wouldn't get there because yeah. what probably would happen if if nobody took charge, then instead of everybody going. It would be probably you and I and probably the beautiful penis. And I'm trying to think of, and probably um, the army guy would probably be the, the people that had said, okay, we're going, you guys, the rest of us meet us down there. Yeah. And it would never happen. We'd right. come back eight hours later and <laughs> they'd still be getting ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So somebody's got to take charge. Somebody's got to, somebody's, you know, somebody has to be in charge and lead the pack. So, and that's what, that's, that's what I I feel like I've been put on this earth to do is to, 
do those sorts of things. Right, but somebody needs to somebody needs to do it. Somebody needs to step up, and most people are not willing to take that role. But they wake up the next morning in the yes. train, it stopped, and they are in the middle of bumfuck Egypt. Yeah, that ain't Perth. No, no. I mean, it is it is a fucking desert with a little shack, and there's an Aborigine guy there, and he's like, "Yeah, the next train will be here in two weeks." And Frank's like, "Oh, okay. I guess we'll wait two weeks." And Archie's having none of it. Um, the guy says, yeah, you can wait here two weeks or you can walk across that 50-mile dried lake bed to Perth. And the thing is, the train, they were still on the train. Apparently, they just decoupled the last car. Yeah. And I don't know if, if they saw, oh, wait, there's a couple people on here. Fuck them. We'll just leave them. I don't know Maybe, why. I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but it's, it's, it's what drives the story. But, so Archie decides basically, yeah, we're we're walking this fifty mile lake bed, and um, I believe it's Frank grabs a canteen of water that's hanging on a nail on the little shack. Yeah, it, it, and actually Jen asked what that was. Yeah, because it's not a. It, it it looks more like a. Oh God, what the hell are they called? Jerry can a miniature version of a jerry can. No, no, the the animal skin kind ones. Um, oh, wine skin. Wine skin. It looks more like a wine skin, except it, it's a bag shape. Yeah. I've never seen one that looked like that, but I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that's a canteen. You got to remember, mm-hmm. this is 1915. Right. And as they're walking across the desert, apparently Archie knows a thing or two about a thing or two. How do you know we're not walking around in circles? The sun. What if we run out of water? There's always water if you know how to find it. How do you find it? Cockatoos. Sunset, they'll lead you straight to it. <laughs> Oh, that's lovely. We put our lives on the hands of a mob of parrots. Yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. There's a reason animals survive. That's right. But that night, they're they're lying underneath the stars and they're talking. And um, Archie pretty much brings up that he's going to join and asks Frank if he's going to join. Can you ride, Frank? Yeah. Why? Just wonder why you didn't try for the light horse. Didn't want to. What, are you going to join the infantry? Not joining anything. But you've got to be in it. Don't have to if you don't want to. You've got to be. No, I don't. It's a free country, haven't you heard? I'd be ashamed of myself if I didn't fight. Well, that only proves one thing. That you and I are different. Let's drop it, eh? I think it was before... They kind of go down for the night, but Archie takes out his watch and he's mm-hmm. pointing it at the sun and he's using it as a way to be able to tell which direction they're going. Yes. And I, I pulled a clip from that. How did we get into this mess? I really don't know how. We seem to be made to suffer. It's our lot in life. I've got to rest before I fall apart. Very clever. Very similar. Very yes. similar. But the next day, the night before, Frank says, let's just drop the fact that I'm not joining the army. And then the next day, they're walking in the desert, and Archie's like, why aren't you going to join the army? <laughs> and Frank says there's a reason why he hasn't decked him. What is the reason he hasn't decked him? Because he doesn't want to have to carry him to Perth. Well, to the next water hole. Yeah. Right. But one of the main reasons why Frank doesn't want to join is because it's an English war. Right. And apparently and, his dad had some sort of scuffle with the English. 
and then it comes up when he gets to his home. Mm-hmm. But at one point, Frank falls down. Yeah. And then Ar- he drinks some water, and then Archie takes the water bag. And as they're walking, there's one small problem with the way that Archie is leading them. Seems like they're kind of walking in circles. But why is it they're walking in circles? I don't know. Because th- it's overcast. Oh, he okay. has no sun to use as his guide. Yeah. But even even if it's overcast, you can't just hold it out and see, okay, the reflection of the sun on your watch means blah, 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 blah. You can look up at the clouds and see where the fucking sun is. Or you pick a point on the horizon and just walk towards that point. But if the horizon is flat. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they, they're walking around in a circle and then... There are these circles in the ground. I don't know what that is. Those are camel tracks. No, 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 no. Oh. The bigger I, circle they're actually like sitting in. I think that's, they're looking for water. Okay. I think that that's because it looked like the sand at the bottom of it was moist. Moist. <laughs> but then they find some Okay, some when, you, when you hear moist, what image do you see? Um, who is the... Um, the old bag? <laughs> the old bag, the White House reporter. Yeah, exactly. What, what the fuck was her Helen... Ready? I don't even. I was going to say Helen Ready, but it's not Helen Ready. Hunt? But Helen Hunt? No. Mirren? Helen Mirren? No. The She's other, an old the bag, other, too. She is an old bag. No, um, that's one of the things. People on, on one of the like websites I go to all the time, that is like a news aggregator website, Helen Mirren is held up as like the gold standard of the hottest woman ever. And they say that she is hotter than any woman in their 20s. And, no. and I said, no, she's attractive for an older lady. She was a smoke show when she was younger, but you were fucking high. If you think that Helen Mirren today is as hot as basically your average 20-year-old. Right. But whatever. Mm-hmm. But they find a dude with a camel, and they flag him down, and then they have this conversation with him. Okay, you're getting ahead of me, but... I am? That's fine. Where are you headed? Huh. I nearly went there once. Uh, thought I would just leave one big city before I die. You're looking for work? No, I'm after the war. What war? The war against Germany. I knew a German once. How did it start? Don't start him. Don't know exactly, but it was the Germans' fault. The Australians fighting already. <laughs> In Turkey. Turkey? Why's that? Ask him. Because Turkey's a German ally. Uh, well, you learn something every day. So when when they find the tracks, mm-hmm. I, at first I thought they were horse tracks, but you were right, they're, they're camel tracks, and they run up to the guy who has camel tracks. But as they're running, there's this weird getting high music. Okay. Let it play out. Frank! Okay. You recognize, or you're familiar with that music from the film? Yes. It's the same music, right? 
What, what is that from? And here's Chantel wearing Slave of Lust. This one has outsold the whole line for the whole season, gentlemen. And now it's time for Name That Porn Star. What is that from? I was watching porn last night. <laughs> Seriously? And as I'm watching it, I hear this music. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> this is the same music that I'd already pulled for the weird getting high music for when and, they're running after the camel. So this is what you're talking about. This yeah. is what, what was. And what porn movie was that from? It is from a movie, a 1981 movie called Bizarre Styles. And okay. it actually stars somebody you probably have heard of. Um, uh, Veronica Hart, Annie Sprinkle, Annie Sprinkle. The name sounds familiar. You'd recognize her if you saw her. Okay. Uh, did you watch this movie on your platform or on Amazon? I watched it on Amazon. Okay. Cause when you pause it, like I, I, I just can't sit and just type while the movie is yeah, running. Yeah. I pause There's it some... all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that must drive Jen crazy. Yeah. She, she's not a big fan. Okay. But it brings up, like, okay, who's on the screen right now? On and Amazon, click, does, yeah. Yeah, and you can click on them and see what else that they've been in. But also I noticed that um, it'll show you the composer of the music that's playing. And that I didn't write down who it was that composed that, that piece of music, but it was some weird, I don't know, new age group. But the odds of me... yeah randomly running into a porno that uses that music that's wild man in the last 24 hours yeah (laughs) because as i'm watching it i'm like wait no no fucking way this sounds very very so in that i because do you remember the wrath of khan thing that we had with uh yes with the james horner music was it it was that beastmaster or uh no it was crawl 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 okay where the um a lot of the music in crawl is very very similar to some of the music from Wrath of Khan. Yes. And, but as I'm listening to this, like, this is very, so then <laughs> I had to watch this porn and pull this music over and then kind of line. And like, it's not similar. It is the same fucking song. It is the same exact song. Absolutely. Yeah. That's pretty wild. No, I, I j- just the fact that I have, I literally found it in the last 24 hours. Yeah. So, and it's, it's a 81 bondage. Porn. But anyway, it, oh, it's bond. Okay, oh my god, it is what it is. All, you know, all, all all people are different people, Matt. Hey. But they make it to a house, and there's some cute girls that live at their this house with their parents. And that evening, they're having drinks with the family, and Archie is telling the dad that he's joining the light horse, and his dad's like, "Oh, if I had a son, he'd join the light horse." And then they ask Frank what he's doing, and he's like. I'm going, I'm going, I'm doing, I've got business in Perth and the dad is impressed with Archie and so is the daughter. And I believe the mom is too, because that <laughs> night she sneaks into Archie's bedroom. And you know, you're funny, you're smart, definitely cute. Thanks. You, you've got this face. that's like, so there's really no reason for you to doubt yourself if that's the problem. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just, I've never even, I've never been with a girl. Sounds more like Archie. Oh, baby. You're that shy. <laughs> no, it is Archie. Oh, well, 
You just need to build that confidence up and see what we see. And I was, now I was paying so much attention, I almost couldn't cue it. I don't know any Aussie porn stars. All right. Aubrey Black in uh, Naughty America's My Friend's Hot Mom. Oh, wh- wait, wait. Is that, that's a series. Of course it is. You don't, you're kidding, right? That you don't, you don't know My Friend's Hot Mom? No, I have a Terry my- Weigel one of <laughs> My okay. Friend's Hot Mom that I brought right. up to the cabin. <laughs> it's on my Chromebook. Nice. No, but, it, but, as the, I like I like Naughty America because it's it's they don't just get right to the fucking. There's good lead-in dialogue, and I think that sometimes that's important to get a man my age aroused. <laughs> Need that build-up. No, and you know one of the things that is, I don't know if you can call it disappointing, but I, I like honest, honesty, honesty in my porn. Okay, and you you watch a a, a clip. And it says, uh, you know, hot teenager fucks older guy. And this teenager is, at best, 35. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, either that or that's a hard 18. (laughs) It's a hard 18, yes. But But when they were getting ready, they weren't just using water. They were slicking their hair down. I mean, were they using, like... uh, some kind well, of wax. I, I'm or... sure they're so greasy and dirty. Yeah, it's probably true. That it's just rub some water in your hair and it's going to go wherever you want it to go. What What is the longest you've gone without taking a shower? Without taking a shower? Without bathing or without taking without a shower? Without bathing. Without With bathing. Soap. Oh, man. I don't know. Probably three days. I mean, you know, we get up to shake really? a lot on Only Thursday three days? And go to Sunday. I, dude, I... I like my daily. I I have to. I shower every day. No, I, I well, even if I even if I don't have to, I still shower every day. And um, yeah, I'm thinking like you know, like even when I went to the Boundary Waters in Canada for a week, that water was fucking cold. I still jumped into the lake with a bar of soap. I think the longest I've gone during the pandemic is ten or eleven days. Why would you do that? I don't know. You just have a. Fu- Does your wife not say anything? Like, man, you've just got a funk about you. I don't smell. Do you? Uh, do you sink wash your junk before you go have sex? No, this probably didn't have sex. Okay. And you know, it was. And honestly, this is really dumb, but this is a lot about who I am. Uh huh. It's all metric driven. Well, we we. It's been well established on this podcast that. You eat garbage, so you're a bum. <laughs> no, but it okay. Can I go two hundred hours? What <laughs> if I can go two hundred? Can I go two hundred and forty? That's ten days. Okay, and then right. also it's it's a thing where you know you get interviewed to be on Survivor. It's like, well, you're not going to be able to shower for thirty nine days. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. It's not yeah. a problem. <laughs> not a problem. I'm I'm good. Of everybody else. That is going to be the least of my worries because oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I can do 39 days. <laughs> no yeah. problem. Yeah. But um, this is where Frank tells him that he can't ride. Because I think Frank and Archie are starting to get this bond and Frank's talking about joining the army. Right. And there's, there's two parts here. Um, first of all, they were loaded the night before. Mm-hmm. And then Frank actually talks about 
what he was going to use his winnings from if he had won the race against Archie, because this does come back. Oh, he's going to open up a bike shop. Right. And yeah, but he can't ride. And what's the Jeff Bridges movie with the horse where he opens up a bike shop? Equus? And no, and then some guy, Equus. What the fuck is Equus? Equus is the one where Harry Potter fucks a horse. Is that a porn? No, it's it's actually based on a stage play, but uh, Daniel Radcliffe did it on Broadway. But okay. it's about somebody, a guy having sex with a, a horse. Okay, but there's, it's, um, he opens up a bike, Jeff Bridges opens up a bike shop, and then some guy comes by with a, a car, and this is like, at real, this is, 1910 or something like that and jeff bridges figures out how to fix this car and then starts an automobile company and becomes this is that tucker a man in his dream no it's not tucker it's about a horse i think toby mcguire is in it uh sea biscuit is it sea biscuit it might be sea biscuit i've never seen it all the way through but and then i think jeff bridges son dies something like that i think it's sea biscuit yeah Ties the room together. Yeah. Um, it does. But how long would it take to learn to ride? Uh, for what the army requires to be in the light horse? Weeks. At least. I would say probably months. Okay. Every day. And I mean, we, we've talked at length about my dislike of horses. Yes. And it's not that I dislike horses. They scare the hell out of me. They, they are a gigantic beast that with one back kick could crush your larynx yeah and it, it comes up later where when he's frank is supposed to get the horse to ride and Archie's like, kick it kick it and when i've been riding horses like on trails uh-huh and just kick the horse so i'll go it's like i'm not kicking this motherfucker yeah <laughs> christopher reeve was a much bigger man than me mm-hmm. and he knew how to ride right but frank he can't ride and he wants to join. So Archie tries him on a horse and he doesn't do very well, but they finally make it to Perth and they are at Frank's dad's house. I'm assuming that that was Frank's dad's house. Yeah. And what is Frank doing? He's doctoring Archie's birth certificate and and cutting off some hair off of something (laughs) and gluing it to Archie's face. He, he glues a dick broom on Archie. (laughs) Yeah. And have you ever seen, oh, what is that? Uh, oh, it's Beavis and Butthead. Okay. Where they're trying to pretend that they're older, and they, they cut hair, and then they glue it on their face. And is that's it what it hair? looks like. No, is it's it not. Pubic? It's not, I don't think. Okay. But, uh, yeah, and Archie looks ridiculous. It looks like in Team America when yeah. the, the main character... <laughs> Like glues on a fake beard to blend in with the the Arabs. Yeah, I'm gonna do a visual thing so you can't actually hear it, but I'm doing the. He's <laughs> waving his arms. Yeah. <laughs> but the the dad wants to know why Frank is is going to join, and yeah. this is where the whole thing about what happened with Frank's family kind of comes up and how why he hates the English and the English his hatred of the English actually comes up in Egypt later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the next day, the next day, um, they're in line again. And the, the major who we see throughout the rest of this film asks Archie what his name is. And it's Archie LaSalle. 
named after he took Eric LaSalle's number. Yeah, he's like, uh, name. hey, are you really the guy that was on ER? Yeah. <laughs> Heir to Soglo Fortune? Uh-huh. Right. Um, but he gets in, and now we're at the horse trials but, but, to see but if Frank, you make it into no, the list. Frank lies, though. Frank lies, too, about his military experience. He oh, makes yeah. up a cavalry division <laughs> that doesn't exist. It's like, yeah, right. we never get the attention we're supposed to. Right. But Archie does well. I, apparently, you got to you know go around some barrels and then reach down and pick up a flag marker and bring it back. Okay, you're in. Congratulations. It's Frank's turn, and just like you'd mentioned before, the horse won't even move. And he, you know, Archie's like, kick the horse. And of course, Frank is getting laughed at and taunted by the rest of the cavalry that's there. Yeah, and you know that that's honestly that's fair. Mm-hmm. Because if you're representing yourself as being someone that can ride a horse and you can't, you can't. get the horse to go. Yeah. It, th- that's fair. Right. But they're at the pub and uh, Archie comes in and he's, well, I should say Frank is at the pub. Archie comes in with his spiffy new uniform. Yes. I mean, there's not even basic training. I think they're they're going to Egypt to do basic training. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he's got his... I don't know what he, his cavalry hat. Yeah, like that's a, a weird hat. It's like a cowboy. I don't even. It's got like the the half that the, folds down. It's like it my river up. hat. It folds up okay. and buttons or something to the side, and then it's got the big feather out of it. Yeah, should I, should said, I put a, a feather in my river hat this year? Because my you should my God my river hat it. does do the thing where like on one half it yeah. folds up, one half it doesn't. Yes, you should definitely put a big feather. You're gonna have to bring that because I don't think they'll allow that on the plane. And then, like, wear a half shirt, a, me- a pink mesh, mesh ha- yeah. half shirt. Yes. And some roller skates and a feathery boa. Hey, boys! Because I would totally do that because I think that's fucking hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Well, I've already suggested to friend to show TJ some new, some new shirts, and he's purchased them based on my recommendation. I believe one says, I am day drunk, good sir. No, but what was the one? It's like, oh, God. It's like, uh... <sighs> It's like get in me or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but it was it was one of the shirts that was like a picture was sent around about. But it's like no, that that's going a little bit too far. Uh, I th- well, I think there was, um, oh, what is it? there was one that's like my 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 boyfriend thinks I'm gay or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to that shirt that you had that said "Let the fucking begin"? I still have it. Do you? Okay. Yeah, Bug Eyes bought that for me. Did she really? That was like the last gift I got from her. Wow. So I mean, All that right. thing is that's thirty years old at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But Archie says goodbye to Frank. Well, he says I'll see you when I see you. Well, uh, who says I, I'll see you later? And then does Frank, Frank say says I'll see that. you? When, yeah. Not if I see you first. Oh, no, Archie, Archie says, says, I'll see you when I see you. And Frank says, not if I see you first. Yes. Yes. I th- we might have it backwards. I don't know. but Right. Because it's said later on in the film. Yes. Opposite. And then the, the next day, and this is a part where there's parts of this movie that really dug at me. Yeah. In in a bad way. Okay. Um, There is this pomp and circumstance as all of these soldiers are getting, are boarding these boats. Right. And you, you tie that to the, you know, the recruitment thing with the Trojan horse 
mm-hmm. and we didn't mention the shitty bugler that was on top of it. But <laughs> right, right. And then there's all these things and all these streamers and it's all this, you know, yeah, you guys are heroes. And it's not that they're not, but they don't know what they're getting themselves. Th- into. Exactly. They do not they're- know what they're signing up for. And the one person that does is, is that the major, the major major Barton. And he pulls up in a car with his wife and his kid and she kisses him goodbye and tells him to take his something for his tummy yeah, her, all her dialogue was eighty art. Okay. Yeah, you could tell it was all her dialogue was done in post. Um, all right, and she gives him a bottle of is it champagne or wine and just says, something. you know, open this up and drink this on our anniversary, and then says, please come home to me. And she's crying as she leaves. Yes, and as they are shipping out a variation of old Angzine. It's it's like a song. It's like three different songs all wrapped up into one. See, I recognize parts of Old Lang Syne, which is like yes. a New Year's song that nobody knows yes. all the words to. Right. But in my notes here, it says they're, they're sold a truth that just isn't true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is obviously 1915. is is over a century ago. But when you look at what they end up doing, these guys, all these people, they go out and they they do nothing for a long time, and they basically are in service of the army for twenty minutes total. Yeah, and it'll it'll come up more later when we get into like that part of the film, mm-hmm. right? But right. It, it, this is the part where it it really hit me kind of hard. And it, it backs away from that um, because we go back to the bar. And who's at the bar still? Frank is there drinking alone and his three buddies from the train show up. And, and th- they say it's their last night there. And the next day, um, there's a guy with a beard. And I'm thinking, wouldn't he have to shave that off? It's no, it's it's. I think the grooming standards for the Australian army in 1915 were pretty, pretty lax. Okay. Yeah. But they're getting measured for uniforms and it's snowy. Billy. Keep talking. I'm going to, it's, this is bothering me because okay. I don't think, but there's one guy and I don't even know what the, the issue is, but they're going to flunk possibly snowy. one particular guy. It's and, snowy. It's and, snowy. He's got bad teeth and he's got one of those, wooden tongue depressors in his mouth that the doctor's like, hey, looks like you got some bad teeth there. We can't accept anybody with bad teeth. And then Frank says, if you don't pass him, you lose all of us. It's a package deal. And Jen asked me why teeth would matter, and I don't know if I'm right, but the the last thing you want is somebody who's in a hot zone, whose teeth are going to shit. And can't eat. And they're in major fucking pain. Yeah. And they can't and then they have an infection and the infection goes to their brain because of their teeth. That's what I thought would be the reason why their teeth would matter. And his teeth had to be really really fucking bad. Considering yeah, there's British is, people in the army. This is 1915 Australia, Australia. So the people that he's passing don't have teeth that look like mine and your teeth. They have bad, by today's standards, the people that they are letting in probably have really bad fucking teeth. This guy's teeth must have been, like, 
falling out. Yeah, or not good. Almost non-existent. But yeah, the guy, doctor's got his the wooden tongue dis- depressor in his mouth, and then the next guy sits down and he puts that same tongue depressor in his in that dude's mouth. Yeah, well. doesn't doesn't even switch it out. Well, but, you know, 1915. It's not like there yeah. were any diseases back then. No. Well, pardon me. Nice. <laughs> but they are now at training camp. This is July of um, 1915. And did it say in the beginning of the film, Did it, or did it just say 1915? I think you said um, the date. Did it have the date? I believe so. May 1915. So this is two months later. But they're playing rugby, and where are they playing rugby? In the desert, by the pyramids and the Sphinx. And I don't understand the game rug- rugby. Oh, I don't either. But yeah, the, they filmed this there. This is mm-hmm. not, you know, mm-hmm. they did not CGI this in. This is all shit they legitimately filmed there. They yeah. could not do that today. Considering all the dudes that were climbing on the pyramids, I don't even think you can get within 100 yards of the pyramids now. I think a bus pulls up. And you're behind a rope and you can take some pictures and there's probably a tour guide that tells you some shit and then you move on. But they're playing rugby and just like you, I do not understand rugby at all, Mm -hmm. but they're on a timeout or halftime or something and they're eating oranges. Do you remember eating oranges at halftime for like soccer? Okay. You want to hear a really bad story? (laughs) Sure. I don't know if I've told this story. When I played soccer, and each week it was a different family's job to bring orange juice or, or oranges, right? Right. Like you got a list. Like when you played rec, I played rec soccer in Delafield, and it was my week to bring juice. And I, my dad didn't come to the games. I rode my bike to practice and to soccer. I was the only kid that did it. Every other kid got dropped off by their parents, and it was my week to bring juice and we had frozen concentrate in the refrigerator. And I, we had, I remember as a kid, we had two juice pitchers that had the tops on that you pushed the little button and pushed it down and then had a spout. You know what I'm talking about? And that was that, that's what I was going to do. I was going to make two pitchers of orange juice and then put those and put the tops on as best as I could and put them in my backpack and ride my bike (laughs) to the soccer game. It's a good idea. (laughs) And, <laughs> the other dude named Doug in my class, his mom called the house as I'm making juice, as I'm mashing the frozen concentrate. She called our house and she, because she knew my situation and she was like, "I just wanted to let you know that we're going to bring the juice this week." I'm like, "Oh my god, thank God." Is that Elaine? Just, Is that Elaine? Mary. Mary. Oh yeah, yeah, Mary. Okay. Yeah, because to to get to this the soccer field from my house, I had to go up a big hill and then take a trail through the woods to another road that was called Dead Man's Hill because this hill was so steep that if you went down it on your bike and your chain came off, you were a dead man. That's why we call it <laughs> Dead Man's Hill. It's It was such a big hill. And that's how it, and then I, that's how I got to, I took the frontage road and then had to cross I-94 on Highway C on a bridge to get to Cushing School. Yeah. Grew up with a millionaire, and that's my story. <laughs> okay. But um, Frank wants to talk about a big Victorian. And the, the guy, and it's one of his 
three other guys. I don't know which it's one. Dude with the dick broom. But what does he want to talk about? He wants to talk about the pyramids. No, you know, I reckon it took hundred thousand bucks twenty years to build that. <laughs> Must have been a lot of blokes around with crooked backs. <laughs> It's not just a monument, you know. You know what it is. Well, it's like quite a rough. The pharaoh, mate. The pharaoh, his wife, and everything we had were buried in there. That's man's first attempt to beat death. Thanks, Professor. Look, can you get your mind back on the game? You know, this whole time, this whole section of the film, I was just amazed watching the film just because of where it was. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there are things to go see. And some of some of them I've seen, some of them I haven't. I mean, y- you look at, okay, there's the Eiffel Tower, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, there's the Coliseum, there's the Parthenon, there's the... Um, Barney. I'm sorry. Billy, Barney, and Snowy. <laughs> I was going to say Barney. <laughs> Barney, Barney is amongst them. <laughs> yes, a Barney. big fucking Barney statue somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. I'm sorry. Um, you know the the Colosseum, Parthenon, um, the the Sphinx, the the three pyramids in Cairo. Those would be things that I think would be, you know, cool to see. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've been here. I've been. I've been basically everywhere in the U.S. I haven't been. I've a been lot of everywhere, places. man. I've been everywhere. Yeah. And I've I've only ever been one place where I I felt like humbled or just kind of not awestruck, but just kind of silenced. Okay, where was that? That was at Dachau. Okay. Um, just because, and there's not much at Dachau, honestly. Um, almost everything's gone. The only thing mm-hmm. that's there is the, uh, what would you call them? The beds. There was, I mean, they had all the foundations, foundations for that's, yeah. all the barracks, but I think there was still like one that they may have rebuilt just to kind of give you a representation of what it looked like. But it just sitting there and seeing how massive it was, mm-hmm. was just a little bit like Jesus. And to know what happened there. And this was Dachau. This wasn't, you know, Auschwitz or Birkenbau. Yeah. There you go. Something or another. But still, that was a a thing where, you know, there was a thing where there's very few times where I can, I'm put in a place where I I can't even joke about stuff, but I couldn't even joke about anything there because it was just so, it was just eerie. And do you remember? Do you remember when we went there and we sat and we watched like a, a fifteen or twenty minute video? And there was a bunch of Japanese high school students that were watching the film with us, and they were all giggling and talking during it. Ah, uh, not really. Okay, that that ha- but that happened. That did happen. But it, it's just uh, you know the, the the pyramids. If I had to pick like a place to go, um, I'd probably want to go to Greece for obvious reasons, but. Other than well, that, because all the anal sex, <laughs> said obvious reasons. <laughs> but I've got customers that are are Greek, and I'm sorry, man, that crosses my mind. I'm like, <laughs> I, I bet you rail your wife in the can on a regular basis. There's nothing wrong with that, Doug. <laughs> but the um the the pyramids would be another one, and I think 
when you look at the everything we saw, and we saw a lot of cool shit in the two mm-hmm. weeks we were in Germany. And it wasn't just Germany. We were in Switzerland, blah, 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 blah. I think we went to Czechoslovakia as well. But we did not. We were not allowed. They said that if you took your car there, the insurance policy was null and void. Okay. Well, we went to a couple of different places, but I, I think the coolest thing we saw was it was in the middle of nowhere. And it was, there were Roman ruins. That was in Switzerland. That was, no, that was in, that was in, that was in France. Nope. No, I'm sorry. It was in Germany. It was right, it was right next to the, uh, the, the France border. It was the the Coliseum thing. It was Switzerland. No, it was not. Because I went there with the beautiful penis. Yes, it is. It was Switzerland. No, it was not. I will bet you $10. I will bet you $10 too. I can tell you exactly where it is because we got within like five miles of the French border. Right, which is right up against Switzerland. But we were in Germany. <laughs> no, we were in Switzerland. Because we, we stayed went in, in that hostel. And they had, the, like, in- they had the they had the the little the amphitheater there. And then they had the, like, and there was nothing there that protected or anything. And there was, like, a Roman ruin. Uh, yeah, it was like a wall and a tower that you yeah, could Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's Switzerland. Totally unsafe. But that was right. the coolest thing. And yeah. that's, the pyramids for me would be, and you can't do it now, but. No. It would be cool to do that. And they actually, I've seen a porno shot on the top of the pyramids. Really? Yeah. You can find it. It's out there. People got into a lot of trouble for it. Oh, I'm sure they did. But the dude Barney is looking at the Sphinx and it's cutting back and forth. And and I'm like, okay, is there something here that I'm trying to, that I need to know, like figure out, like cutting off your nose to spite your face is what's. I didn't understand why he was staring at the Sphinx and so in awe of it. I, I think it's the, most, it's just, it's huge. It's yeah. massive. Yes. There's a far side cartoon or yeah. Comic strip where the guys who are like, you know, there's two guys on some scaffolding chiseling the Sphinx and the nose is sitting on the ground and he's like, one more tap, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but the next day there's the Sergeant is addressing them before they go on leave. All right, men. You are shortly to be let loose on the local inhabitants, who you will be surprised to find don't look at all like you, a fact of which they are no doubt eternally grateful. First up, beware of the local eggs, which can be distinguished only by their antiquity. The local liquor, which is poisonous, And for those of you who are contemplating some horizontal refreshment, ah, just be warned, because those proverbial few moments of pleasure are very likely to leave you with a legacy which is horribly painful, difficult to cure, and may get you sent home to face embarrassing questions from girlfriend and or wife. However... I know nothing I say is going to discourage some of you. So I'm going to hand you over to Doc Morgan, who has had it all and cured it all. Did, did you see the, the chalkboard penis? <laughs> yes, yes. And, and speaking of penises, I think I need to go hold mine in my hand and go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. In in a weird <laughs> surprise, we see uh, Marion go 
shuffling by in the background in a basket. Yes. Andy! Um, the fellows want to buy a mule because they, they see some English officers on mules. Um, actually, no, the English officers are on, are on horseback. Right. Correct? I thought it was a donkey. Do they want to buy a donkey? Mule? I'm not. And I, mean, I wasn't sure if they were trying to buy it or rent it, and I wasn't sure if it was, if it was so they could ride it or, or so they could it? fuck it. <laughs> yes. But Frank's, the, the other three guys are about to salute these two English officers. Who and Frank very, stops them, yeah. Yeah, Frank stops them from saluting. And then they chase them down on the mules. Yeah, or once donkeys. they have them, yeah. Yeah. And they are singing, if England needs a hand, here it is. Um, if England needs a hand, here it is. If England needs a hand. I don't, I don't think that's how it went. But now they're in a lounge and what I are call they it looking a hookah at? bar. Okay. What are they looking at? Uh, well, they're looking at. Jesus Christ, it's the mother load. I've never seen so much more. You can knit a sweater. <laughs> looking at little nudie pics. Like postcards. beavers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, does that count as nudity? Female nudity? Uh, well, there's nudity no matter what, so it doesn't really right. matter. But I would say it does. You say it doesn't. So, yeah. And one of the guys, I think it's Snowy, says, "How can they do that?" And Frank says, "It's you know, it's a different culture. It's we're in a very different place." But we jump to a scene where no, 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 two no, of the no, guys- no, 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 they're still in. The, they're still there, and one guy comes in and he says he bought something. And it was over a thousand years old. Oh yeah, and then the other guy, yeah, and that's yeah, the, Bar- Billy or Barney, one of them. And then the other guy says, "Oh, I've got the same thing," <laughs> and holds it up. And one of them paid like two quid, and one of them paid like five quid or something like that. Right, right. And they wanted to get the the guy who paid more wants to take it back and get his money back. So he yeah he feels like he got a raw deal. Um, and they go into the shop and they're trying to negotiate with this shop owner. And he's like, it's not mine. It's not mine. Uh, and Frank goes behind the counter and starts pulling down shelves. Yeah. Starts knocking over shelves. Then another, then another. Yeah. Yeah. They get their money back. Yeah. And they walk out into the street or the alley or whatever the fuck it is. And what, what actually happened? I think it's Barney goes, oh, I, I, this that was the wrong store. I think it was this one. But the other guys have already kind of walked off. Yeah, but you've been to uh, Cancun or Rio or places where you're getting yeah bombarded. Yeah. Different places at the love boat stops. Yeah, where you're getting bombarded by people. Mister, Mister, Mister. You know, da, 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 da. you never can believe that anything is anything other than you know cheap. Shit. When we were sitting on the beach in Puerto Vallarta, my missus bought some jewelry. I have no idea if she still has it or not, but I know she bought some stuff. Uh, and the guy was smooth. I mean, we talked him down, but I remember being in Tijuana with my dad and we were walking through like a marketplace and there was this leather bag shop and my dad wanted to buy these two leather duffel bags. And the guy started off at like 30 bucks a piece. And my dad talked him in down to like 10 bucks for two of them. Yeah. Because he literally just like, okay, I'm walking away. I'm walking away. And the guy's like, okay, 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 okay. 
So there's a lot of yeah, wiggle was, room there. It was it, it it was very interesting to watch. I remember as a kid just being head blown away that my dad did this. So so how far into the movie are we at this point? Are we halfway through the movie? I think we're well over halfway. Okay. All right. And this is where I, I talked I turned to Jen and I said, It seems like there's a lot of preamble to this film because it's a film that I expected to be a war film. It is happening okay. during wartime. Yeah. There's been very little war in this war film. Mm-hmm. But and I remember thinking that as a kid, that being and being nine years old and being mildly entertained as a nine year old and kind of understanding what's going on. Um. But yeah, not a lot of action in this film. But I think it's a, it's it's a lot of relationship building. Frank and Snowy and Billy and Gooch and the rest of the gang. <laughs> Gooch. They. <laughs> what do they find? Um. Oh, a whorehouse. Yeah, they find some whores. Do we see a hint of boob? It's well, like behind I don't know a if we screen. See any boob, but we see we see some ass. But it's behind like a screen. It's like behind. No, like, no, the silk. ass is there. No, no, yes, but they the walk past the. Yes, the ass is there, but we they walk past a doorway. That's got like very thin silk curtains and there is boob, but you, you don't see nipple. It's just rounded off breast. So no, um, no boob, no nipple, ass, curtains, and beef curtains. That's what you see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and actually yeah. that'll come up in what you watch him because this film I watched, very obvious meat curtains. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, but snowy and you brought this up earlier. Snowy has this, uh, I don't know if you call it a puritanical stick up his ass. He does. Yeah. And that comes up later on. Yeah. The rest of them. (laughs) Yeah. They're cheap. That's fine. We're getting late. One of them, Billy or Barney says, well, it's wartime and we might be dead in a month. And Snowy says, what are you going to say to your wives on your wedding night? I fucked a whore. Who cares? (laughs) Right. Right. Um, I know you don't watch these generally with, with your missus, right? No. No, I do not. So some, some of most of them I do. Some of them I do not. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them I do. And at this point, Jen asked me, what would you do? Would you, basically what she's saying is, would you fuck this whore? And my response was, yeah, I absolutely would. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because there's a, a high likelihood I could die any time here. And I'm probably a virgin at this point. Sure. Um, I am not going to worry about what I'm sacrificing in the future if I don't even know that I have a future. I am putting myself out there where I'm potentially going to die. I am definitely not going to, you know, keep pleasures of the flesh from me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if... I don't even know what her reaction or her response to that was, but she knows me. So you're right. No, it's like, well, I'm going to Detroit. Of course I'm going to fuck a whore. (laughs) I could die. (laughs) Yeah. But now they're marching in the desert and their, their sergeant has them halt. And the exercise is that they are a salting, a trench that, well, a, um, What's the word? Um, makeshift trench, make believe trench. 
simulated trench. Okay. That is being manned by the tenth um, light horse. Light horse, and he says, "Oh, they you know they got their noses in the air, and so they're all excited. And while they're there, there's all kinds of kids that are trying to sell them shit, right? And they assault their trench, and." The guys that are in the trench, they're not really in a trench. They're just lying on the they're ground. They're on the ground, the, right. With a rifle on a sandbag. And their their officer says, all right, fire over their heads. And they're both firing at each other. Are they actually are they, firing live rounds? I, I don't know. Or were they firing blanks? I mean, I can't I imagine they have li- uh, blanks because you, uh, you can't just put a blank in a regular gun. Sure you can. So I was told that you needed to have a, it has to be a special kind of gun to actually take a blank. Mm-mm. No. Okay. Well, I'm you're the wep- weapons expert, but this is a a thing where I I, I know a little bit about World War One. I. I know mm-hmm. a, a little bit more about World War Two. Uh, what I know about World War One is World War One was fucking brutal. Yeah. And World War Two was brutal too, but not the way World War One was. World War One was trench warfare, and for those of you who don't know what trench warfare is, it is fucking awful. It is basically you have two trenches on either side. You have a group that sends up other people, and they all basically get mowed down. Right. And that's what World War I was. And there are still trenches that exist in Europe that go back to World War I. Verdun, uh, the Battle of the Somme. I mean, and when you talk about these you know, month-long battles or two-month-long battles where you're talking about total of like a quarter million people dying on both sides in one battle over a patch of ground a couple miles wide. It's ridiculous to think about. No, it, and I, I've seen a couple different things about World War One, and everything I've, I've read or seen about it, it, it's just, it was awful. And with the way this film ends up, it, it's pretty much true to how it actually was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's some rough roughhousing going on. There's some tomfoolery. Archie and Frank, well, Archie is on the cavalry side. Frank is on the infantry side, and they run into each other, probably thinking that they were never going to see each other again. And it's it's kind of a cool reunion that they have. Um, and then an officer barks out like, okay, you know, those of you that are wounded, lie there, and the living will carry you back. Yeah, and survivors back to post. Yeah, and everybody drops down like they're wounded or dead. It's smart. It's smart. Uh-huh. It is. And then uh, a little bit later, Frank and Archie get out of a buggy, and they were apparently just with some women, and they're talking about. But the, they weren't. The race. They weren't Egyptian women. It looked like they were British women or Australian. I would you say know. it's Australian because that actually comes up later at the party. And oh, I, I wondered yes. where those women were from, but I know that. Okay. Um, but they were talking about the race and talking about the difference of starting from a standing start versus a blocks type start. Right. But what are they going to do? They're going to race to the pyramids and then they race to the pyramids. And at one point as they're running, one guy runs under a camel. Yeah. Hits his taint. Nuts. <laughs> Not safe. Wonder if he has an ingrown hair in his head. <laughs> but Frank is winning, and they're running in sand. Have Have you ever run in sand? I'm yeah, sure you it have. Sucks. It sucks. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. 
Yeah, you know what about sand? Gets everywhere. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. It goes on for another 20 seconds, but I'll cut it off. Right. We don't need that. Yep. Um, but they get to the pyramid, and they start climbing up the pyramids, and there's all kinds of people on the pyramids. Right. And then they get up to the top, and they are carving their names, Frank and Archie, 1915, in, in one of the stones right next it's, to the It's Napoleon's not stone, name. though. It's, it's wood, though, isn't it? No, it's a stone. Okay. Yeah, they're carving it in, and I'm and I'm thinking I'm like, okay, are they really doing that? Are they really carving their name into it or into the pyramid, or was this on a, a sound stage? This is actually where my notes says I saw a porno shot on top of the pyramid. Okay, but you know, we were in Europe in 1999, I believe. Uh, Am I boring you, Doug? <laughs> no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm like, um, was it 99? Yeah, 99, 2002, 2005. Because we saw it right before Phantom Menace came out. So it was 99. Okay. Okay. Think yeah. of the, the different places we went. in. And this was not Egypt. This was Europe. Mm-hmm. And our ability to go places that we should not have gone. Yeah. Like... Me popping into an exhibit in a museum. Right. <laughs> or going across the bridge or any number of things. Mm-hmm. And that was 1999. 1915, they probably, you know, there's probably people that have pieces of the pyramid everywhere or families that did. Sure. But uh, the next day. The next day. They're meeting with the officer, Major Barton, and Frank wants to transfer. He wants he wants to transfer to the light horse to be with Archie, and it's been denied. And the what what is what what did the major say would have given him a, a transfer? If they were brothers, if they were brothers, but then he finds out that they're runners, and um, he says, you know, another pair of fast legs is good for the company. I'll see what I can do. But I, I'm thinking, okay, he's known Archie for... Not very long. Probably... Two months? Uh, well, I mean, total amount total. of time he spent with him is probably measured in a week or less. Yeah. And then he's got his boys. We don't know how long he's known his boys, but you got to figure it's been longer. Snowy and Billy and Zach and the rest of them. AC Slater? Yeah. I would, why, why is it, was there bonding on the train that much or is it Frank wanting to ensure his safety or is it the prestige or why is, I I don't understand it. They just have this special connection. Well, I think it's because they're both runners. That could be it. That they have, they share this special bond because they're runners. But uh, Snowy is writing in a book. I guess it's his diary. It is his diary. Yes. And some guy comes up and tries to sell them the same antiques that they had right. no issue with before. It's like a little mini sarcophagus. Yes. King Tut sarco- sarcophagus. 
And yeah, Frank walks up. He's got his new uniform on, and this conversation happens. Buddies, 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 buddies. Sorry, Calvary. <laughs> what do you think? So wrong. What's the matter with you, Blacks? Nothing. Hey, now look, I always wanted to join the light horse. Infantry not good enough for you, mate. Well, if that's how you're going to be, I'll see you when I see you. And I understand where his his buddies are coming from. Mm-hmm. Because even one of them says it's bad luck for mates to split up. So, yeah, they join together. Um, they've been together, you know, for a couple of months. And, and who knows if they've been together for the last six months yeah. while they're sitting on the side of the train track. Yeah, when they were in Hobotown, you don't know how long they were in Hobotown together. <laughs> right, right. He wants to be with Archie, though. Um, uh, I don't know if it's that night or a couple of nights later. Uh, Archie and Frank, they show up to a very, very high-class party. It's an officer's party right. with an orchestra and lots of chicks and lots of booze. But they have uh, a note to deliver to Major Barton. Yeah, Archie has a note that he's delivering, and, and then Frank is just kind of along for the ride. He's not actually there to do anything. right. And the major wants Archie to tell Frank that because I think he's Frank is talking with a chick or drinking and the major wants Archie to tell Frank that this is an officer dance only. But the message that they deliver to the major well, well, you, is you're missing one small part here. So what's that? They, they get up to like the the guy who basically is controlling the equivalent of the velvet rope. All right. And Archie says, I have a message for Ma- Major Borland. Barton. Barton, whatever. Okay. And he he gets whisked in, and then mm-hmm. he goes up, and then Frank thinks about it, and he gets a random piece of paper, and he just says, hey, I have a message for so-and-so. Okay. <laughs> and he gets waved in. So Frank pretends to have a message and sneaks in, and Frank immediately starts pounding drinks. Okay. And then what is the message that Archie has delivered say? It's from the colonel saying that they are dark departing tomorrow and the major says uh why don't you and frank have a drink or two before, before you, go. you leave yeah. yeah and this is where i was wondering where are these women from because these do not look like egyptian women no they're nurses yeah they're australian and new zealand nurses right and they're dancing and the orchestra is playing and frank and archie are spoiled in their youth just Having the time of their life. Yeah, confetti's being dropped, or streamers. And this is very similar to how it was before Archie shipped out the first time from Australia. With the the parade. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's the calm before the storm. And they were in for a good time because I had an Australian. (laughs) I don't think she was a nurse, but... Right. Maybe she was. Could have been. I don't know. Or way around a cock. Um, yeah. You liked her because she worked for a proctologist. <laughs> she knew but, what she was doing up there. But there are boats on the water in the next did scene. She, did, she, did, she, did she milk your prostate? No, she did not. <laughs> no, that that is something that Fiona did not do. <laughs> okay. All right. But yes, now we cut and now it's the mood is much different. Far different than where we were at. They're all in boats. The music is different. 
Uh, it's very solemn, moody music. The fog on the water and um, smoke yeah. on the water. Same, you're, you're missing an obvious thing, but you're not. Yeah. Um, Archie is smiling at the gunfire. He is. Yes. He's, they're watching the, this hill in front of them. The shoreline that's just got candles everywhere, or I don't know if those are strings of lights, and there's explosions, just kind of random explosions happening. Yeah, Archie's got a smile on his face. Frank is like... Not so much. What the fuck did I get myself into? Yeah, and this is not Omaha Beach. This is not no. like that. No. This is... this. These Australians have been there for months. And there, there's a great kind of juxtaposition as you have the what I would call the newbies, the new recruits are coming onto the beach. Mm-hmm. And when artillery is going off, bombs are exploding, everybody that is just new on the beach is reacting like a normal person would. And all the people that have been in the shit for a while, it's not impacting them the same way. They're laughing. Yeah, and you have to think that there are, you, you can get used to anything. And you look at uh, Saving Private Ryan, mm-hmm. where the, the differences between when they arrive on Omaha and then when they're in the last city, even okay. within that same crew, what they've become used to and the military maturity that they've acquired during that time. All right. Where... When they first arrive, every single thing is going to make them twitch and turn and freak out. But when they, I think it's the bridge, isn't that the thing? When they're doing the thing with the bridge, it has a lot less impact on everybody because they've been there before. Yeah. And sometimes that's to their detriment because they, they don't react to things because they're used to it. In Saving Private Ryan, I think most of those guys that were with them when they landed the beach, that that crew, because they, they, when they're in the church, when everybody else is kind of drifting off to sleep and, and um, Tom Hanks and Sizemore are talking about guys that he's lost, they've been through the shit. I mean, the, you know, Sizemore, when he lands on Normandy, when he gets to the top of the hill, he scoops a some dirt into a little can. Mm-hmm. And of, of course, you're not going to be carrying those cans of dirt from North Africa, Sicily, Italy in your Mousset bag. But it was it was a great cue from Spielberg to show this guy who is a total veteran that's been in the war from the beginning. Yeah. And but I, think, I think most of those guys that were with them that landed on Omaha Beach were veterans. And the the thing that was bad for Sizemore is he had to pour out his bag of cocaine <laughs> yes. to fill it up with sand. Correct. You Correct. know that's what we should do after we finish Star Wars, because um, we eventually will run out of Star Wars films. You think we should go? We should pivot to Band of Brothers. Okay. I would think right. that would be something you'd be acceptable. It would, sure. You'd find acceptable. Yes. But I uh, find it all. Ex- I find it all acceptable except for No Way Out. <laughs> But, um, and the fan, and and some and, and and some other things, some other movies that you've picked. But they're walking along a wall, and no smoking. Pass it on. What what difference would the smoking make? Because it's at night. Because they don't want to 
You know, a, 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 somebody lighting a cigarette or having a the glow is going to be, you know, a great target. But there's a certain amount of passage of time here. And I think so. I think so because the, it looks like fr- it's the morning and Frank wakes up and it looks like they're kind of well-established in this bunker. Yeah, they got a tent kind of on a hill. Yeah, yeah, and... Archie's doing something, not quite sure what he's doing, splitting firewood or something. And Frank says, you know what I can't stand about you? You're always so bloody cheerful. And Archie wants bacon. <laughs> but and, they, and they go down. Like, well, I, you know, I haven't really quite figured out the the trading or, uh, mechanism of this place yet. Yeah, Still and w- when the, the bacon roles. thing comes up, I have a question for you that maybe you can answer. Okay. But uh, they, they go down and... They strip down and they go swimming. And it almost seems like this swimming thing, in addition to just giving Doug something to enjoy about this film, is Mm -hmm. just to show that it is a random thing where there's shit just falling into the water and some guy randomly gets hit by shrapnel. Hold on on a second. There's a guy that's at the shoreline. There's all kinds of dudes that are swimming and they come down and they strip down. We see just... A lot of man ass. <laughs> but there's a guy with his hat, and they're all throwing coins into this hat. And he's like, it, this, it's an insurance policy. Winner takes all, and, and except for sharks. Right. And I'm like, I couldn't figure this out, what's going on here. But yeah, they're all swimming, and then incoming happens. Um, artillery starts coming in, and they all swim down as far as they can get. And it kind of a cool effect kind of eerie of them in the water and the explosions and the vibration above them and then yes shrapnel is kind of sinking down and one guy yeah piece of shrapnel floats down and he kept holds it in his hand that's one of the awesome parts about the omaha beach segment in yeah saving private ryan is the underwater stuff yeah and yeah well it's shot that whole scene that whole 26 minute scene is shot like a documentary part. Most of it is anyways. No. And it's, I mean, that is, uh, I, I'm, I would not be surprised if you picked that as your capper for this season. Mm, it's, it's on my very, very short list, but there's a couple of, there are a couple of others that I, uh, I don't know. I'll get to it one of these days. All right, but, but um, yeah, guy one gets guy hit, gets that's, hit. Yeah, that's the insurance policy is he wins that pot. He wins that pot because, yes, he gets he gets shrapnel in the arm. And here's the thing, okay? There's two naked – when we see the guys swimming down to get away from the artillery, we see cock. Mm-hmm. Is that the first cock that we've seen doing no, this podcast? No, I'm sure it's not. Are you sure? I'm trying to think. What other movies have we seen? I see so much cock on a daily basis. I can't keep. But I mean, in this podcast, have we have we seen a movie that's got cock in it? Ah, uh, well, last week, Team Wolf. There's no cock in Team Wolf. Yeah, guy with his cock out in the stands. <laughs> that was not the okay. still real to me. Damn it! <laughs> all right, all right. But they're carrying him out. So they 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 do the where. You reach over and you grab one guy's arm and he grabs your arm and you form like a, a seat basket. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy sits in that. So they're carrying that guy out n- naked. So that dude's balls was touching somebody's arm. <laughs> it's war, man. 
<laughs> um, but now they're at like they're in a trench. Archie and Frank are in a trench, and I found this quite humorous. This part. Eleven o'clock. Go. They look through this little like periscope, and it's actually a target that the Turks are holding. It's like they're they're kind of playing with each other. Yes. Nothing. You're right when landed, but the Turks have had us pinned down here ever since. You blokes have been brought over to get ready for a big push. That's a good we've been here for days and haven't seen a turkey. I'm in no hurry. Yeah, see, that the tail end of that, what Archie says versus what Frank says. Right. Archie has that wholesome, you know, boyish, I want to contribute, I want to be part of the movement, I want whatever. And then Frank is like, nah, I can wait. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in no rush to see any Turks. But the guy that they're talking to offers them a cracker. Is that shit on the shingle? F- it's got flies all over it. You can hear the flies buzzing around while they're talking. There's another clip where you actually could audibly hear the flies. When they're talking to the guy with the camel in the desert. Yes. You can hear the buzzing of the flies. But now Frank and Archie, they're collecting canteens, and they walk past this dead guy. What's that? There's a dog. There's oh there, yeah there's that's right there's a guy in the trench uh, that he's carved out like a little bed in the sidewall and he's got a doggy with him yeah and then there's another guy that's like lighting grenades and throwing them over the side of the trench yeah and the grenades are well they show them later on yeah. we'll get to that but they walk dead past body this, a dead and there's guys like veterans that have been there that as they're walking by they're shaking this dead guy's hand. That's like buried in the wall of the trench. Yeah, it, it, it's, and they're shocked. They're it, a little bit shocked. It's almost like gallows humor. Yes. Um. So when I, when I worked at Fox, which was it wasn't a long time. I worked at Fox for two years. Is OJ? Uh, well, OJ was part of it. But You've talked about this. Anytime yeah. there was anything like horrible that happened in the newsroom, there was just gallows humor. Just. The, mm-hmm. the the most awful jokes about it because you see here just the most awful shit and it's it's yeah. a way for you to deal with it and this body which is basically entombed in a trench with an yeah. arm hanging out and they're high fiving it or low fiving whatever you want no no they're shaking they're shaking its hand hi mate as they're walking by it it it's a way to not acknowledge the fact of what it really is. Right. Right. But um th- they got to take the, the canteen they got to take the canteens down to the beach to get them filled up. And they want to take a shortcut. <laughs> and there's a guy that's like, oh, "You don't want to go that way." He puts a can on his bayonet and holds it up and it just gets peppered with machine gun bullets. Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? Yeah. Yeah, it comes up later. Yeah. Now we get down to the beach and we see guys making homemade grenades. And they're basically uh, what IMDs. So that's they're, well, they're they're taking like you know, corn cans or bean cans and putting, I think a half a stick of dynamite in there with a wick, and then loading up the rest of the can with nails, shells, and just nails. shrapnel, basically. Yes, and then sealing off the top, 
And yeah, that's those are their grenades. They see some Turkish prisoners in a cage, and they're like, he doesn't look so tough. Archie says, well, he doesn't look so tough. And Frank says, well, he's the runt of the family. But what what but, do they trade for bacon? Um, a he's got a Luger. Yeah, he's got a Luger. Pistol, and he trades he trades that for bacon and a flask of whiskey. So I thought, I mean, Luger's uh, a Luger is a big plot point in Band of Brothers. Yes, and I don't know if Lugers were in World War One. That I was really my not, question. I, I, re- I don't know. I don't I don't know if that's if that if that's a World War One pistol or if it's just kind of something that we're just gonna use this because it's recognizable and it's what we've got in the prop room. Okay, see so that that was like I said, I was deferring to your expertise there because I figured you would Yeah, know. I don't know. Um I'll look I'll look into that for net for and see when the Luger was was made. But um Frank's old crew shows see, up. Yeah, the old crew, Snowy and uh, Biff and Jack Palance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, Snowy, Billy, and Barney. They they're coming in on a boat, and he's like, "Hey, you come meet my mate that I fucked you guys over, Archie." And the the officers are talking about kind of what is coming yeah. up. It's Major Barton and then this colonel. And I don't know if this colonel is English or if he's Australian. He sure sounds like his accent is clipped English. What you're telling me, sir, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the infantry attack on Lone Pine and our attack on the Navy are just diversions. Uh, Not just diversions, Major. Vitally important diversions. Tonight, 25,000 British troops are to land here at Suvala Bay. Our attacks are to draw the Turks down on us so the British can get ashore. Sorry, I didn't tell you this before. Secrecy is vital. But, sir, the Nick is a fortress, protected by at least five machine guns at point-blank range. Yeah, we've considered that, Barton. We're going to hit their trenches with the heaviest barrage of the campaign just before you men go over the top. Honestly, one of those guys sounds like Mel Gibson. You think so? Yeah, I really okay. do. All right. But we find the, the attacks that they're going to do are diversions. Mm-hmm. And that means that they're going to use this group as cannon fodder. Cannon fodder. Yeah, that's what it says in my notes is cannon fodder. They are sacrificing, yeah. potentially, all these guys. And then uh, Frank has a care package, I guess. He got it from the Women's Auxiliary. Oh, just random. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He got a care package from the woman's auxiliary, and it's got like soap and lavender and a sweater, a, a handmade sweater, and um, basically, basic like just toiletries. Right. Yeah. But he's talking to the three guys, Snowy, Billy, and Barney, uh, and Goofy, and Donald, yeah. and um, Grumpy, Mickey. yeah, and Sneezy. Um. They're about 12 and hours they're going, from I mean, the they attack. Literally, the, yeah, they just got there. And they got to go right into the battle at 5.30. At, and um, he's like, what time is it now? And Billy and Barney, they both say at the same time, 4.30, and they both chuckle. I mean, it's just this, there's parts of this, just, just these cool bonding moments of guys that know they're going into battle and are uncomfortable but are trying to use humor and 
as a way to relax them, but you could just tell the nervousness in their voice. So, so in the scene where they're talking about the fact that this is a diversion, so it allow the British to land the other place, mm-hmm. they they show the different watches, and I mm-hmm. didn't go back to check. Is there they're different? A, they yeah. are different. They're, okay, yeah, because I because I watched it like I said, I watched this movie like two weeks ago and took notes, and then I watched it last night just without my notes, just sitting it watching it from, you know, ass to dick. And that was one of the things that I looked at. Yeah, they they show that they both look at their watches and the, the times on their watches are off a little bit. Okay, and, and I should have went back to that, but I was I wasn't going to do that because I no other shit. But to do. Frank Frank convinces Snow to take a drink, and he says, you know, God turns a blind eye an hour before the battle, and he you know he's got virgin lips, takes a drink, coughs a little bit. They all laugh at him, and. This is another part where there are things in my notes that don't have anything specifically to do with the movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. But so there's five guys. There is Archie, and then there's Frank, and then the rest of his crew. Mm-hmm. These guys are basically being sacrificed but as they don't a version. They don't know. They that. don't know that. No. And but it, it comes to play in in kind of the end, like, and there's two, there's like two waves of it because there's a first wave and then there's a second wave. Mm -hmm. But the next morning, Archie and Frank are sitting in a graveyard. Well, hold on. Before they part, Frank tells them, you know, that they're, they're going over at the neck and EK tomorrow. So Frank's, Frank's buddies are going tonight. And then they're they're going over tomorrow, and they talk about all the machine guns that are there. Or no, I'm sorry, the major talked about that before. But yeah, the next, the, the, then like an hour later, Frank and Archie are at the cemetery. Yeah. And Archie says, when are they going? And Frank looks at his watch, and he goes, right about now. And then you hear the the, the volley of artillery. You hear the whistle. That the same type of whistle that Archie's uncle used to start his race at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, the one young Spock used. Yep. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. And then you hear the shouts. It's all about of, callbacks, Doug. It's all about callbacks. <laughs> you hear the ah, you know, like they're all charging, and you hear the machine gun fire. And the interesting thing here is none, of, nothing is shown. Right. It, it is all audio, and. Mm-hmm. You could say, well, this is a decision, a budgetary decision, because it's cheaper to show the reactions and just hear the sounds. Mm -hmm. But it's very effective the way that they do it, because you have Frank, especially, is a very invested party in what is going on here. Yeah, it's I mean, it's almost like Jaws, where you don't see the shark, but you know it's there and it's terrifying. But then the the wounded are coming back. Yeah, and Frank, down the hill. Yeah, down the hill. It's dark. Uh, some of them are on donkeys. Some are being carried on stretchers. Some are being helped down by you know their fellow soldier. Yeah, and what's Frank looking for? He's looking for his buddies. Mm-hmm. And uh, who's the first person he finds? This is where the names start coming in in my notes. He finds Billy. Yep. And Billy is obviously shaken up. 
and tells him that Barney is dead. He says, he was running right alongside of me, and I thought he tripped. You know how clumsy he is. Yes. And then they find, he finds Snow, and he's sitting with Snow. And Snow is in a tent on, lying on a stretcher, and he's got a, he's got a tag on his like a white tag. Yeah, could you read the tag, what it said? It's, I, all I could see was GSW. Yeah, gunshot, gunshot wound. wound. Yes. And they tell, Abdomen. he says, yeah, he says they're not giving me any water or food. And that's well, because you don't give water or food to somebody that's got, that's been gut shot. Um, and Frank's like, well, I'm pretty sure they know what they're doing. And our, uh, Snow gives him his diary, diary and says, Make sure that this gets to my parents. Frank is shaken up a little bit. Yeah. He doesn't even say, like, goodbye, I love you, man, or anything. He just kind of grabs it, and he's like, okay, and just walks out. Yeah, and Archie and Frank are in the trench, and Archie gives Frank a swig. Mm-hmm. And I think it's Archie says to Frank, no Turk in his right mind would waste a bullet on you. Yeah, but you can definitely see the worry on Frank's face. And th- there are people that are playing checkers for cash. Yeah. And you have to think about if, if you are in that position, you know, for you and me, so you and I, we have a bet uh, $10 mm-hmm. on this podcast. I have to listen back. I don't even remember what it was. It was about, I know what it was. Okay. But, Switzerland, Switzerland or Germany. Okay. It was Switzerland. It was, it was, Switzerland. It was Germany. Okay. But for people that don't know if they're going to live beyond tomorrow. Money is meaningless. Yeah. It, it's, 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 uh, it's casino cash. It has no, no value at all. They're playing checkers for cash. And there's a guy that's sharpening his bayonet. Mm-hmm. And then for the first time ever, somebody actually realizes who Archie really is. It's major Barton. It's the guy. It's, it's the same guy that recruited him. Uh, in Perth, it's the same. Major Barton is the guy whose wife gave him the bottle of booze and said, "Open this on our anniversary. Please come home to me." Um, it's the guy that was just talking to the colonel, so he's he's very important to this story. Okay. And the, the um the the major actually tells Archie what he wants him to do. You're Archie Hamilton, aren't you? Excuse me, sir. Ah, oh, don't worry. I'm not going to turn you in. I'm proud to have you with us. Thank you, sir. Matter of fact, I want you as a runner tomorrow. But, sir, I'd rather fight. A few extra yards of speed, son, could save the lives of hundreds of men. I've come a long way to be in this. I don't want to miss out now. I need a runner, Hamilton. Communications won't last five minutes once the shilling starts. You could use Frank. He's just as fast as I am, and I'm the one that really got him into this. He wanted to start a bike shop. Is he scared? No, sir. Just a bit. Who isn't, son? So that night, Major Barton is in his tent, and he is drinking the bottle of champagne or... Wine or whatever. Whatever it is that his wife gave to him. I don't know if it's their anniversary or if it's just, well, I may not make it to my anniversary. It's the first time she licked his ass. (laughs) It's an important anniversary. You got to remember that. You got to commemorate things like that. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, it's the first time that he felched her. <laughs> okay. Do not Google that at work. <laughs> no, please. If you're at work, please Google felching. <laughs> you know, the sad thing is, I know what that is. <laughs> I know you do. That's why I said it. <laughs> and that's the thing Jen will be like, why do you know what that is? <laughs> I remember it because... I think it, like I was in middle school. My brother told me what it was, and I was like, "That's not really a f- thing." What the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you know that? <laughs> um, he's listening to his his phonograph. It wouldn't and a shelling make that skip? Uh, you you might think. Um, maybe he's got some like you know some stabilizers <laughs> stabilizers on it or something. He's got some anti skip protection. Yes, but what he's listening to and he's singing to. Not very well. Uh, it's a duet from the opera Pearl Fishers, and it's two men swear to remain friends and be united until death. And he's whistling, too, I think. Yes. Uh-huh. But uh, the next day, uh, people are laughing, and Frank gets up, and he's told to report to the major. Yes, because he's the runner. And did we miss... Um, no, we we had the clip about the whole thing where Archie says, basically, why don't you do Frank? He's just yeah. as fast as I am. Right, right. But he shakes hands with Archie, and one of them says, I'll see you when I see you, and the other one says, not if I see you first. It's basically the mirror of the earlier scene. But right. Archie plays it off like he doesn't know this, and he didn't basically broker this. <laughs> Archie set this up. Yes. Archie... In in a way, saves Frank's life. Yes, he does. Actually, it's not even in a way. Absolutely, Archie sh- saves Frank's life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but the first the first wave is in the trench, and they are fixing bayonets, and the artillery starts coming in. And while the artillery is coming in, Archie is writing a letter to his mother. I know you still haven't forgiven me for running off. But I'm sure in my own mind that I was right, and so would you if you were here with me now. We're getting ready to make an all-out assault on Johnny Turk, and we know we're going to give a good account of ourselves and our country. Everyone is terribly excited. There's a feeling that we're all involved in an adventure that's somehow larger than life. See, our artillery and gunshots are really hard. Because I have to balance that audio somehow to make it so that you can hear the the the, the dialogue and then also okay. have the, the artillery. But the reason mm-hmm. I was laughing into going into this is if you listen back to what you just said, I will read okay. verbatim from my notes. Everybody is fixing their bayonets. The cannons are firing. Archie is riding home. <laughs> Yeah. It's almost like line for line, exactly what you said. But I had this clip as well in my notes, and I called this clip the lie. Okay. And But that's actually a great question. Is, is what Archie is saying a lie, or is that what he actually believes? That's what he believes. Because we see in just a minute, um, and I don't want to get to it yet, but we see in just a minute why he, you know, why I think he believes what he's writing. So what was, from this point on, what was your expectation? What did you think you were going to see? 
there, there's nothing from here on that surprised me. Okay. It, it basically, it played out how I expected it to. Okay. From, from here to the end of the film. It was up until this point that this film surprised me. Okay. Um, there, there were moments, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bury the lead here, but this last 15 minutes, 20 minutes maybe, of this film are much better than anything that preceded it. Okay, and like I said, I don't want to bury the lead because I, I don't want to, I don't want to get to that point, but. Um, we, we find out the shelling stopped early. Yeah. Depending on whose watch you're looking at. Yeah. And that's the whole thing where that's why I said, it's like the watch thing. I did not notice it. I I noticed they looked at their watch and they showed them, but I didn't pay attention to what they, and if I had watched it a second time, I would have actually, that would have been a thing I was looking at, looking for. Sure. Sure. But the major and one of his, his lieutenants are talking and they're worried that the Turks will get back into their trench and they'll get cut to pieces if they do. And they look through their little periscope and the Turks are getting back in their trench. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the major is like, well, maybe they're just, you know, they, they pulled back on the artillery and they're going to do another bombardment to catch them back in their trenches. And you but, know, we, we live in a world with instant communication. And it, it's in not, a world. It, yeah. Okay. Trailer guy. Uh, but not, not just like from me to you, but a, a guy in the the battlefield. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Speaking. Do they even have trailer guys anymore? I now I'm thinking like, are there trailers that have narrations? I'm sure there are. Is that a thing? I would think so. I, I've been to the movie so few times in the last couple of years. I don't know, but I'm sure that there still are. But there's still is there still a in a world where men become machines? Uh, yeah, I would think so. Okay, all right. I guess I don't pay enough attention to trailers. I watch trailers, but I guess I don't pay enough attention. Well, and you know, trailers are one of those things where, um, when, when you watch things, and I don't know if this is true on Amazon, but it's true on my platform. It gives you the option of watching the trailer for the film. Yes. Yeah. And. Sometimes when Jen is on the fence about watching the film, mm-hmm. you you bring up the description and it's like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, she's not on board yet. The trailer is going to be the yes or no point. Right. And trailers can be very, very misleading. And Especially for 80s movies because the trailers are shit. Yeah, but I think 80s trailers are are better in that they don't give away everything. Yeah. I mean, think about, I think, uh, The Sixth Sense, that the fact that the kid can see dead people, spoiler alert, um, is actually in the trailer for The Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. And that is like the big reveal. That's an hour and 30 minutes into the fucking film. Right. So I I, I think that, you know, there is there are very few films that actually use trailers effectively because they want to get people in, but that's that's great, and that's kind of the the business case for having a trailer. But I don't want to see a film that's been spoiled by the first two minutes of a trailer that I saw. Sure. But anyway, um, anyway, they, they send uh, Dunn back to HQ 
And as you said, the, the well, no, he did, no, he doesn't. No, Frank, no, they, Frank, he has Frank call the colonel. So okay. the phone rings. He has, and the colonel says, "Um, you should have gone three minutes ago." And he says, "Sir, that's that's they're back in the trench. I don't care. Go." And there's a guy walking up and down the line. And he's telling the soldiers, the, the the Aussies, unload your rifles. We're going with bayonets. And I don't understand that. I understand why you want bayonets. I get that. Mm-hmm. But why do they want nothing in the barrels? I don't think they want them stopping to fire. I think they want them just to hard charge and get to the trench. That's what they want. This um, is another it, thing about World War One that is just fucked. I know. Well, it's they... Um, on some of the the islands in Japan, uh, in the South Pacific, that we were island hopping in during, during World War II, and during these bonsai attacks, they found after they mowed down these Japanese bonsai attacks, they would find that the um, Japanese would take wire and wrap them around the triggers and the trigger guard, so they couldn't fire. Okay, they just wanted them to charge and use their bayonet. That's what it's so it, it prevented them from stopping firing and, and, you know, all these rifles are bolt action, action rifles. So it's not like an M1 or, you know, where it's like, you know, semi-automatic, you've got a lot load around into the chamber. Okay. So, um, but this is the part where I was saying why I believe Archie in writing his letter to his mother, I think he believed it because you can see all these guys in the first wave. They're all grinning at each other. They're all like, you know, this is awesome. We're getting ready to go. This is this is kick ass. Yeah, that 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 does not last very long. No, it doesn't because the whistle blows, and um, they get out of the trenches and and they are cut down. And it is most it is mostly bloodless violence. Yeah, but it's still brutal. It's still yeah. It, it, it's yeah. it's it's a reality because you know that this happened this mm-hmm. way, and the fact that it's not, you know, people being ripped in half Rambo style by, you know, machine gun fire. It doesn't matter. Just watching the the succession of people falling is yeah. is just brutal, and we we see the guy. I think it's less that wouldn't well, let Archie well, join. Well, well, first we see the guys dragging themselves back into the trench. And they're, you know, the off, whatever officer is saying, don't worry about the wounded, get them out of the way. Um, yeah. And then Archie sees Les. And he's like, Les? And Les is crying. Yep. His eyes are all welled up in tears. And second wave goes. And even before he can get halfway out of the trench, he's cut down. Yeah, just absolutely mowed down. Right. Archie's in the third wave, and he looks over at Frank, and Frank is kind of, he's got himself pushed up against the wall of the trench, balled up almost. He's not crying, but he's very distraught. And then the commander sends communications up to, well, I call him the top guy, and at this point, he is the top guy. He's the colonel. And But the, the line has been cut, so Frank mm-hmm. is on the move. Yes. And they show, and it's called, I believe, No Man's Land. And No Man's yeah. Land is basically the 
neutral territory between two trenches, which right is in this just battle filled with fucking bodies. In this battle, the trench, the the line, the the space between the two trenches is very short. I mean, the Turks were were practically on top of the Aussies at, at Gallipoli. You t- take a look at like Verdun, where they'd have to cross a quarter mile between trenches, and there's lines of barbed wire and landmines and gigantic shell craters. Um, yeah, this man, this no man's land is very short, and the Turks are picking off the wounded that are trying to drag themselves back to the trench. No, it's brutal. It's just brutal. And mm-hmm. um, there, yeah, yeah, and you have a clip here where Frank has gotten to the head guy, mm-hmm. and he talks about how the attack must go forward. Yes. <laughs> Pardon, the attack must proceed. Sir, I don't think you've got the picture. They are being cut down before they can get five yards. Bloody line. Our marker flags have been seen in the Turkish trenches. The attack must continue at all costs. I repeat, the attack must proceed. So Frank leaves and he hesitates. And then continues on. And when, he, when the, the colonel is talking about marker flags, we see that, I think, in the second wave, uh, there's an officer that has an orange flag on a stick. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of like, hey, we've established a beachhead here. We've gotten over this here. Is, this, this is how far I've made it as I'm dying. And I, and I stick it five yards away from the Turkish trench. I actually expected Frank to... He he turns back for just a second, yes, and then runs. And I thought he was gonna he was gonna say that the attack was called off. Mm-hmm. And so, even though I said I, I wasn't surprised, this is a thing that actually did surprise me. But it's before the third wave that everything else kind of plays out here, right? But at, but now we see the Turks getting ready. They're actually coming out of the trench. Oh yeah, they're prepped. They're ready. Yeah, yeah, um, and. That this is when um, we find out that uh, the lieutenant on the radio told the colonel that he saw a marker flag uh, five yards from the trench, <laughs> and the major Major Barton's like, "We have nobody has gotten past ten yards from our trench." Oh yeah, but Frank Frank has he, he comes back and he suggests to the major, "Why don't you go over the colonel's head?" To the general. Yeah. And and he's like, send him. What, what does he tell him to run like? Is it run like the wind? She's like the wind. Yeah. Okay, Patrick. In my Swayze. trench. <laughs> that would have been a great bed for this movie. <laughs> run like the wind. Yes. But he, he gets to the edge where, where this actually has come up earlier, where it's the part where the guy held up the can yes. on his bayonet and it got picked off. And this is the music. I think this is the same music, the porn music that you played before that's playing right now. And then bondage gear comes out, but um, yeah, and he runs for it Mm -hmm. and he makes it past the first bit. And then he runs down this hill and this is a very steep incline. Like you, you would have a stunt man doing this 
right now because that would be a really easy way to break an ankle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Peter Weir, the director of this film, said that he thought that Mel Gibson was too wild and he really didn't see his acting career going very far after this. Okay. I was thinking, for some reason, I thought Peter Weir, I was thinking he was the guy who played RoboCop, and that's not right. No, that's um, Peter Mayhew. <laughs> it's terrible. I can't do Chewbacca. There you go. That's better. But you just peg the meters. But Did I? Yeah. All right. Uh, but he gets to the very top guy, mm-hmm. and it turns out the diversion has worked. Yes. The British are coming ashore. And they're not meeting opposition, and the officers are actually making tea on the beach. And, and the, the top guy is reconsidering the idea of sending basically yeah. the next wave. He goes, just just tell the major I'm reconsidering the situation. And what 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 are the wounded and where well what are the wounded doing in the trenches? They're doing three huh. things by by my account. Are they smoking heaters? That's one. <laughs> um, I don't know what else. Reading letters and just being somber. <laughs> yeah. But the line has been reconnected. The phone line has been well, reconnected. Well, he comes, he, he comes to a point in the trench that you can see a shell has landed there because part of the trench has collapsed. And one guy is firing at who somebody is firing them. But yeah, there, there's two guys that are fixing the, the phone line. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's not good. <laughs> and the the phone rings and hold on a second. But there's there's guy the guy we see guys in the trench and they're sharing letters and sharing pictures and there's guys give you know they're smoking yes and then the phone rings and this is a long clip. They're not gonna make us go, are they? No, there's no point. Those men should have gone, Barton. Marker flags have been seen. Not by me, sir. I've asked for confirmation from General Gardner. Your orders are to attack and you'll do so immediately. The British at Suvla must be allowed to get ashore. Is that clear? You are to push on. It's cold-blooded murder. I said push on. I meant to do what I wouldn't do myself. All right, men. We're going. I want you all to remember who you are. It's the 10th Light Horse. Men from Western Australia. Don't forget it. Good luck. Good luck, sir. This actually reminded me of another Mel Gibson film where he's talking to um, one of the Death Eaters about the fact that the Americans seem to be targeting the officers. The Death Eaters? Yeah. Draco's dad? Lucius Malfoy? Okay. I'm uh, targeting that officer, American officers. We were soldiers? No. No. Revolutionary. Oh, uh, Patriot. 
No, Maverick. But um <laughs> Okay. Um but while this is going on, while this clip is going on, you know, there's guys that are hugging each other. Um they're guys writing letters and then taking their bayonets and stabbing the into the sandbag or at the dirt Sand, through the yeah. letter. And there's the the kind of loop that comes down from the bayonet. And there's guys that are hanging their watches and taking their wedding rings off and putting them on there. You're missing medals, and, but yeah, I'm just like you're, no, you're reading no, my you're reading my notes verbatim. See, and then we 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 don't see Archie do it, but we see a bayonet with a running medal and his uncle's watch. And I remember seeing this part as a kid, and this whole scene it gutted me. It really, really affected me, and it stuck with me, which is why I think I watched this movie two or three times over the course of the weekend because I just, I, I couldn't comprehend what was happening, that this is what warfare was. Because I had a – at, at this age, at like eight or nine years old, I had a sort of, of a grasp of what World War II was, but not really World War I. Um, and seeing this and then – um, while I was watching this part, while I was not while I was watching the movie and taking the notes, but while I was watching it and recording the the sound clip, um, that that those same feelings came back. It was really really weird. Um, where I I my eyes even kind of welled up a little bit, and I had to kind of look look around like make sure that my misses and my kids weren't watching me. <laughs> I don't want to see me know, crying. I don't want to be tears welling <laughs> tears welling up in my eyes. Um, you know, because they 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 know that they're they're going off to certain death. Yeah, and and even the officer, Major Barton, he even says in that clip, he says, "Well, I, I can't," you know. I can't let the men go off and do what I wouldn't do. Yeah. I mean, you know, he knows he's going off to die. And that's, you know, there are, there are things about this film that are great. Um, and there are things about this film that are not so great, but this part, this, the last 20, 25 minutes of this film is incredible. Mm Mm-hmm is awesome. It has an emotional impact. It has an emotional heft to it. And the only thing you were missing when you were describing the guys is they're getting ready basically for that third wave. The only thing you didn't mention, because you mentioned uh, the wedding rings, the Mm -hmm. watches, the medals. The only thing you didn't mention was a surprising majority of them have dick brooms. Yeah. But it is a, it's powerful. And it builds, and it is, it is this sense of dread that is very, very powerful and very, very effective. And I know you're not a big Titanic fan, but uh, there's a guy that's reciting Bible verses, which is very similar to a scene in Titanic where as the ship is starting to tilt up, there's a priest that is reciting stuff. It's very, very well, similar. Well, he's, he's got, he's, the, none of them are wearing the pomp and circumstance hats with the feathers oh, from of the cavalry. The, yeah. They are they're all wearing like their bush hats that they had, you know, just these frumpy 
felt cowboy hats. And some of them have with like Sharpie markers have written their names or have drawn pictures on the hat. And there's this one guy, I think it has his name on it, Conrad or something, or his nickname. And he's the one that's reciting the, though I walk through the valley of death, I shall fear no evil. Um, and then there's one guy who's kind of, he's got his arm. He's it's, it's a great shot. He's got his arm up against the trench and his forehead rested up against his wrist. And he takes a drag of his smoke and he puts it out in the rock. It's just a great fucking shot. Frank is make, doing his best to make it his way back. He gets, you know, he's on these little trails cut into the rock and he gets stopped by these two donkeys that are crisscrossing each other. Yeah, he, and, he he's doing his best to get back. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, oddly enough, this actually is said at this moment. We're not going to make it, are we? You should appreciate that, Doug. I do appreciate that, yes. Something to kind of bring a little levity to it. Lighten the mood here. Um, But um, there's one more clip, and it's long, and... Oh, there's plenty more clips. Don't worry about it. Oh, there is? Yes. Okay. Um, There's dialogue that Archie has, and at the end of his dialogue... There's a shot of all the bayonets going up on the trench. Uh-huh. You don't hear it. It's 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 a very very this these last like one minute of this movie. It's a very clever play on sound. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, but you know, we'll just let the clip play for itself. See your legs. Springs. springs. What are they going to do? They're going to hurl me down the track. How fast can you run? Fast as a leopard. How fast are you going to run? As fast as a leopard. And let's see you do it. Bayonets go up. The officer cocks his pistol. And then shakily puts the puts the whistle to his mouth. Lieutenant Dan, you have magic legs. <laughs> well, that last part, I mean, you you stop hearing the machine gun fire, and then you just hear Archie running. And and then that dot, 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 dot. F- four bullets, dot, 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 dot. Yeah, four bullets in the chest, and then it freezes. Freeze frame. Freeze frame. And... and it's they're trying to replicate. I'm sure you've seen it. It's a very, very famous photo by Robert Kappa, who was a very famous World War II photographer, but he was also a photographer during the, Span- um, the Spanish Civil War. And there's a photo of a guy coming out of a trench, and the moment of his death is captured by his camera. 
Yeah, it reminds me of the Defoe thing from Platoon. Oh, okay. It, I mean, and that is, I think, the poster for, for Platoon, right? It is, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it, and then it, it goes back into that. So it, it's, it's interesting that you bring up Platoon because um, the music for Platoon is Adagio for Strings, and this is also the music that we heard before. Is from what, a porno. No. <laughs> the well, music, it is. When, when, when Archie is talking is also um, adagio for G or adagio for some. It's, 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 it's another adagio, um, but very powerful music. And so, yeah, that's it. Movie's over. Okay. Your film. You lead. Man, it's I, you know, I, I I listen to you say, you know, okay, you know, there's things that are great about this movie. There's things that are not great. It's it totally holds up because I remember it as a kid, watching it, going, "This is not a war movie. What what is this?" And then getting to this part and being, I've used this term several times, being getting being gutted, just like, wow. I mean, just so powerful at the end. Um. Because we don't see the violence until literally the last ten or fifteen minutes of the movie, so I I really enjoyed watching it. it there's, there's some questionable things of okay, where is this going? Yeah, sure, there sure, but I think it's a really really good film. I liked it, and I would highly recommend it. Okay, okay, that's fair. Um, I disagree with you almost wholeheartedly. Okay. Um, the last 20, 25 minutes of this film is incredible. Um, everything before that is not. And that's the problem with this film is, in my opinion, it's all preamble. And it takes too long to get to there. And the end is incredible and as powerful as the end is it doesn't make up for the fact that it takes an hour and 20 minutes to get there. And okay. And that's fair. And the thing is the last, the last bit, once they get beyond the penis scene, the film is incredible, but before that it's not. And it, it, it kind of meanders a little bit and there seems to be, it's all preamble. It's 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 all bread and no no meat. See, I think it's I, and this is clearly an anti-war film. Um, that's obvious of what it is, and I think the buildup of it is showing you the innocence of youth and the loss of youth and the tragicness. Oh no! I agree with being, that wholeheartedly. Being fell, you're interrupting me, and <laughs> the, the tragicness of Doug's pissed. Of the, the, he's, no, I'm not pissed. I just don't want to be interrupted because I say that to my missus when she interrupts me. Um, usually, I slap my hand down on the table to get her attention. Listen, you're woman, interrupt, you're interrupting Man talking. Me. Um, the the loss of innocence, innocence, innocent, innocence, There you go, and youth being fed into this meat grinder by older men um, that aren't there on the front lines that are just trying to 
basically hand down orders that they are handed down to. Um, so that I think that's why that's why it was so powerful as a youth seeing this because it was just this this build up of youth and then all of a sudden lost youth. So that's how I see it. That's how I saw it as a kid. Um, and that's how I saw it now. So, And honestly, if I had seen this film when I was younger, I guarantee it would resonate differently with me. Mm-hmm. Um, because you've been desensitized. No, it's, it's not that. It's not that at all. It, it, honestly, it's almost the opposite. Because there are things that angered me in this film that would not have made me angry 15 years ago. All right. And the things that made me angry are the things that are supposed to make me angry based on how this film is structured. The, uh, the, the, the false heroism or pomp and circumstance that they have when they're being sent off to war, that would have not resonated with me 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it did. So actually that part of the film worked better for me now than it would have when I was younger. I just, I just think that the film is, is not structured well enough to – the back end, as good as it is, and I really, really think the back 20 minutes is really, really good, it's not strong enough to hold up the weight of the, the, the first hour and a half. All right. Well, it's once again, it's proven that you're a curmudgeon. <laughs> This may sound silly to you, but kids go completely ape if you do three things in a picture. Defy authority, destroy property, and take people's clothes off. This is one of those rare circumstances where none of those three were achieved. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah, it's all three. Uh Uh-huh. What's a cock? And now it's time for Jen's two-second movie review. It was okay. Wouldn't recommend. That was Uh, Jen's two-second movie review. Jen! Curmudgeons tend to marry curmudgeons. <laughs> now you said you you would recommend it. I would not. Okay. So. I think I honestly I think if I sat down with my oldest and said here we're going to watch this, I think he would like it. If I said I said hey if there's a there's a payoff at the end you just have to sit through this. But it's a long it's a long thing to get through. I mean, but it's if okay so you, I mean. It may not resonate as well for him because he doesn't know who Mel Gibson is and hasn't seen a gazillion Mel Gibson movies. It was fun watching Mel Gibson with that heavy Australian accent. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. But it, it is it, it it takes on more than it can carry, in my opinion. All right. Okay. Watcha. 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 What you watching? All right. My week, I'll go first. Uh, finished season two of Upload. Not as good as the first season. Yep. Um, I, they're obviously going to be making a third season. Probably, yeah. Um, and it's funny with the – in the first season where when the, the main chick bangs the dude that she meets on modern Tinder that they have to put these little patches with cameras on them. So they can say into the cameras that I consent to the sexual contact. Mm-hmm. I see that happening 
Honestly, I yes, because it, it was I was talking with a customer of mine who has a boy the same age as my oldest boy, you know, and it's trying to teach them, dude. If a chick says no, you you just take that as a no and just put your hands up and go, okay, I'm out of here, fine. You know, it's there's no more of this. Oh, come on, you know, come on. It's it's okay. Come on, come on. We can because trust me, you and I both did it when we were in high school. It, it's we didn't force each, ourselves on anybody, but it was we the did game our, you played. It was the game you played. We did, did our darndest to try and talk our way into those knickers. Um, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But um, I found that interesting. I caught up on winning time, and I know you're waiting for the whole season to drop. Uh, Started watching Mr. Robot. I think I'm through the first three episodes of the first season. I watched Did the first get... two seasons of that. Okay. I I enjoyed it, and then for some reason just let it go. It's a little – it's it's a slow burn. It's a little dull at points. Um, I'm almost done with this movie with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Nightcrawler, where he's – Oh, yeah, I've seen that. He's kind of fucked up in the head and becomes this – crime scene photographer yeah he sells uh, his he's basically yeah. a paparazzi of like uh murder crime porn scenes. yeah 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 it's interesting uh take on society and morals um i watched the little mermaid junior musical live three times and then i watched metal lords on netflix was that it yes so um you sent me a text saying, mm-hmm. I, I'm watching Metal Lords. I'm 15 or 20 minutes in. Smile ear to ear. You have to watch this. Yeah. So I watched that. And, you know, I, I've done the same thing with you, and you never fucking watch anything that I say to watch, basically. <laughs> uh, and actually, what? it's not even on my list, and I did watch it. Okay. What'd I thought it was, um, it was good. It yeah. scared me a little bit, though. Why did it scare you? So, the the, the chick, the the bassist, the uh, the Irish chick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mental ir- illness is like one of the biggest fears I have in life. Okay, for for you or your children. Yes. Okay. Um, both. Honestly. The idea of being mentally incapacitated is one of the biggest fears I have for myself. Mm -hmm. And I saw a not total incapacitation, but a a significant mental decline in my my father because Mm -hmm. of you know his brain cancer, Mm -hmm. and that was not nearly on the same level that other things are, but th- that's a, just a thing that scares the shit out of me. Okay. And honestly, if I knew that I was going to eventually lose that ability, I would not allow that to happen. Okay. Um, take that for what you will. You end of end, end it yourself. Yeah. All right. One way or another, because I, I, I don't want to lose myself that way. And I don't want to be that burden on people. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so besides that, I was amazed at how fast the guy became a very proficient drummer. Yeah, he became good pretty fast. I think that was over the course of several weeks, but he was a drummer. I mean, he had a, he had a, a sense of music, and I see that with my oldest that can sit down on a kit and just come up with shit on his own without really having to think about it. So. But, you know, I, I thought it was good. It was good. The first half was good, and that's that's when I was watching it, and that's when I texted you. And then the second, you know, it, it declines a little bit. It goes down some weird rabbit holes. Um, but, but, but when it, she throws the clarinet, and she's just like, fuck you. I'm like, you okay, cunt. I can get that. <laughs> He's like, you cunt. He's like, I don't think you can use that word. Well, she's Irish or British, yeah. so it's fine. Yeah. Um, I watched uh, The Alex Project. Okay. You absolutely hit it on the head. Uh, he plays himself. In Ryan Reynolds film. playing yeah. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, I watched a couple episodes of Longmire, which we've gotten away from, Jen and I. Mm-hmm. Um, watched all of Reacher. Come bubble. Come bubble. What do you think? Well, it's not so much what I thought. It's what Jen thought about Reacher. Did, did she get moist? <laughs> <laughs> He is a handsome fella, isn't he? I didn't think so. I thought he was built, but I didn't think he was that handsome. She okay. strongly disagreed with me on All right. that point. Um, uh, Survivor. And then, uh, actually, I've watched the next movie and half of the next movie after that. Okay. I watched, I watched half of, not this next movie, but I've watched more than half of the next movie. And I've watched my entire movie after that. So, um, before we get into a next Boo. week's movie, Boo. okay. When you send me a ping, when yeah. we do hunt for red October. <laughs> no, it's gotta be an eighties movie. Uh, hunt for red October is 90. No, it's not. Is it? Yes, it is. It's gotta be. Otherwise I would have, I would have done it by now. So I, I sent you a thing about next week's movie and I actually, I was, this movie is a weird movie for me. I've seen this movie at least 20, 30 times. Okay. The last time I watched it, which was a year ago, I did not like it. Okay. And I was going to do a different film. And the film I was going to do is no longer available anywhere. And I'm trying to avoid those films that are not available. Yeah, anywhere. there's a movie. There's a movie that I really want to do that. It's not even available at your library. Yeah. No, and this was one where it's like, I don't have it. Or, no, I'm sorry, I have it, but it used to be on a bunch of platforms, and now it's available nowhere. Yeah. I but, think I think the movie I want to do, you can rent on Amazon, I think. But um, I rewatched this film, and I got to tell you, this is probably, probably not top five, but definitely top ten movie ever for me. Okay. So, uh, Mel Gibson. Actually, I suppose I probably should play. I'm so excited. And I just can't hide it. Three degrees for next week's movie, and I think I like it. And this is a little bit weird because uh, the main character is not the one that's going to give it away. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to actually lead with the main character. Okay. Uh, Mel Gibson plays Frank in this week's movie. 
He plays Gene in 1990s Air America. Robert Downey Jr. plays Billy in that film. Robert Downey Jr. plays James Barris in 2006's A Scanner Darkly. Winona Ryder plays Donna Hawthorne in that film. Winona plays Veronica in next week's 1988 film. Is this with Christian Slater? Heathers? <laughs> okay. So That's fucking dense, man. <laughs> 1980s, huh? 1988. Oh, wow. I, for some reason, I thought that was like 90 or 91. All it right. is a hard film to get through. <laughs> is it really? I have pulled clips from the film. Oh, like the first 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. 15 clips in the first 30 minutes. Really? Yeah. All right. It is so fucking dense. And I'm not going to spoil how I feel about it, but wow. This film is just wow. Okay. All right. So Heather's with Christian Slater and Winona Ryder and some blonde chick that L- Lazan Falk. And anybody else? No. But there is okay. someone that is nude, and so you have that to look forward to. Or really? Look up. Yeah. Not in the film, but in other places. Oh, okay. Winona get Ryder gets naked in other places. Uh, I don't think she does. I think she does. Okay, well, I'll look that up as you bring us home. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, glad you could make it through this. Fuck. Three-hour-plus podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking this is going to be like, 90 minutes. I was scrolling through our Facebook posts and you had posted something about Roadhouse, how we got through that podcast in 90 minutes. What? Yeah. How did that? Roadhouse would be like five hours. How did that happen? You know, here we are at three plus hours and we've cut segments. And this was a, you know, a little Australian film with Mel Gibson. Um, But yeah. Join us for Heather's next week. You want to reach out to the show? Send an email. Goddamn, we have not gotten an email in a long time to uh, betamaxrewind at yahoo.com. Like us on Facebook. Send us a message there. Rate us on Spotify. You can't rate us or review us on Amazon, which we are on Amazon now. Yes. If you have Amazon Music. But there's no way to rate or review. Um, But hey, just, you know, tell a friend. Tickle the algorithm and give us a five-star rating on Apple iTunes. That would be awesome. That would be really cool if you did that. We'd appreciate it. So, that's it. Cool. Well, we will see you next week for Heathers. Heathers. Yeah. Okay. Heathers. Heathers.